G'day, Mike, how you going? Oh, good. We've touched report. We did, we're coming a bit hot here because of the old, uh, we lost the intro, but anyway. What happened? What happened? I don't know, it was just about to go over and then it fell off and then it went to our programming one, so. What, no, no, what happened, mate? I was, yeah, I was telling you, okay, I was just had to say, oh, yeah, I've set it up, I'm recording. Mm, yeah. and, you're, and you're going, g'day, Mike, how are you? Yeah, that's right, well. Anyway, it was just we've had a few little glitches here. I don't know whether we've got some internet issues or whatever. One job, one job. Anyway, one job, hey, mate. What do we say at the end of every show? If you can't be good, you've got to be spectacular. That's right. So I'll sit here and be as spectacular as I can be. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, mate. We are we are here. We are live. So yeah. we've got uh, Paul, our good mate Paul's going to join us around 8 o'clock. Is he? Um, not sure where Yogi's up to tonight. He's um, he's out there probably setting up his caravan right near then and there. there I'm saying he would be. Coastal Depot. So he, he may okay. get here. He may not. Um, but anyway. At the South, South Coast Depot mm. but in we'll Western see, Australia. See how he goes. He's on a well-deserved break, so... You know, we should let him be. But Yogi, if you want to call in and say good day, well, you but, know, but if, why not? if you don't, if you just want to text in and poke fun at us, mate, go right ahead. Yeah. You know our number. Well, he does too, doesn't he? So, speaking of our number, if they want to call in the night, oh four nine one eight two five six double three, we'll get you on the air. You can have a bit of a chat. You can text anything into that as well, or you got a music request or something like that. We might do a tune. Do a tune. If you're going to send us a request, though, sort of make it a clean one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we must also thank Queensland Rail. Queensland Rail, no, you're trucking height, mate. Yeah, size does matter. And, um, yeah, I, I haven't haven't seen any bridge strikes this week. But no. But I haven't been no. monitoring the socials that, that closely. So no, I'm I don't think really anyone. sure. Not really sure. Don't think anyone's done a bridge this week. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've still got a bit of bit of talk and debate about rail crossings. Well, the um, week is still young, though, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> still plenty of time for someone to make a fool of themselves. Yeah, that's right. So, but um, moving on a little bit, we've got um, Colette's come downstairs. She's got something to say, apparently. Machine. So. Yeah. How are you, I'm good, mate. We're going to let you off the chain for a bit, are we, Colette? Yeah, you detached me from the sink and I came down to the... (laughs) (laughs) You can't go saying stuff like that. Someone might believe that's true. No. (laughs) No, she's not not correct in any of that. We didn't let her off the chain. We just lengthened it a bit. (laughs) You know what, Craig, if you're sitting in the lounge room, you're watching footy or something on the TV... And she comes in and turns the bloody channel over or something. You know what you've done wrong? I've, I've left the remote out. You've made the chain too long. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> come on. You just said I couldn't say that. <laughs> just a joke. It's just jokes. Just it's just a joke. Jokes. It is just, just a joke. joke. Yes, yeah. tongue in cheek. So what's going on, mate? What, what, what's going on? What, 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 what has led you to grace us with your presence on a Wednesday night? Well, I thought seeing as Wednesday night is generally, generally industry night, it was a good opportunity to tell everyone about the National Road Freighters Association conference that's coming up in Shepparton in February. So um, it's shaping up to be a really good event. Um, We're having a lot of interest. We've got some really great panel sessions. So we've got three massive panel sessions with some 
Um, our first panel session has someone from each industry, TWU, VTA, NatRoad, QTA, WRF and TTA. So that's going to yeah. be an interesting panel session. Our second panel session has got a lot of um, prominent senators. So we've got Senator Glenn Stirl, Senator Pauline Hanson, Senator Bridget McKenzie, Sam Birrell and Tony Sheldon on that panel session so far. We're still waiting to hear from a couple of other um, prominent politicians on that one and hopefully they'll come to the party and, and come on board and, and make the time to come and grace us with their presence um, with a bit of luck. And then uh, panel session three, we have the NTC, NHVR, SILT, um, and Jenny Atchison will be joining that panel session as well. So another politician that will be at the event that can join in there. So it's shaping up to be a really great event. It's um, February the 10th in at the Woolshed in Shepparton. Um, we have actually got um, exclusive after-hours access to MOVE, which is the Museum of Vehicle Evolution, which is right next door to the Woolshed. So between our day conference and our dinner, we'll be heading over there for exclusive after-hours access to that. And then heading back to the wool shed for our our dinner, which is a great way to cap off a, an awesome day. We have a bit of fun. We have a, some serious presentations of some awards, um, some auctions. We're going to do a bit of trucky trivia. trivia. Um, so it's going to be a really great event. So if anyone's interested in attending, they can head to um, www.nrfa.com.au. Um, you can purchase tickets online. Or if you've got any further questions, you can give me a call 0493 Five six four four six seven. We'd love to see as many people there as possible. Wow. You would have think you'd done that before, you know. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I think I've been looking You're... at it so much over the last week, I've nearly got it memorised. <laughs> I thought you did the way you were going, man. That sounded pretty good. <laughs> Gee, thanks. So, but, uh, tell you what, though, Colette, this, this panel session too is looking a bit like question time. It is. You're no, going to have to have your wits about you, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be like the Speaker mm. of the House. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Something yeah. like that. Um, but I also would like to uh, make mention of some of our major sponsors for the day too. So our major naming day of the sponsorship is VDAC. Um, so the day is reforming our industry. So VDAC have come on board and become the major day sponsorship, which we're really proud to partner up with them. We have um, our exclusive access to MOVE, which is um, proudly sponsored by Hubfleet. Um, our dinner sponsor is proudly sponsored by the NTI. And we have Icepack on board as a sponsor, major sponsor of the day as well. Wow! So we're we're pretty excited. It's it's all all hands on deck at the moment. And coming into the last few weeks, we get quite busy, you know, making sure we've got everything in line and everything gets out to the people who need it, um, particularly the politicians who are often, you know, strapped for time and the hardest to organise. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is the middle of the sitting session for the politicians, so it is. Yes, it's good, isn't it? Because it's all close to Shepherd and really. <laughs> <laughs> It, it wouldn't have been that hard just to hire a bus for them and... Um, put them all on the one bus. Yeah, there you go, for all, <laughs> put them all on the one bus. Yeah, probably with a... Mm. You'd probably have to have security. You'd have to have, you'd have, to have a referee on the bus, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. There, there are some people that are coming along, like uh, from Parliament House there, that are, you know, coming along because they are interested in what's going on and I'm sure they all have their difference of opinion on, on where legislation's going, but it's good to get them all in the one room and... Also, that the um, just about every industry body 
is in that room as well. So mm. they'll be able to see that the industry is united and we're, we're there for a common cause. So, mm. you know, if if you are thinking that you want to want to come out and have a say or just, just be there in numbers to show that, you know, you support what's going on in the industry and that we do need some reform, that um, that you, yeah, come and buy a ticket and, yep. and join in the day. Do we know who's emceeing the event yet? Uh Craig is emceeing the day event. Yep. And Yogi is emceeing the dinner. Wow. Well, that'll be fun, won't it? Won't it? Craig will have to have his wits about him, I think, for panel session too. That might be a bit of a... Some serious <laughs> Do we have to give then? you a hammer? Is that what the... Something a, a gavel. Give him a gavel. Gavel. Give him yeah. a gavel. <laughs> Oh, I know. I've got. Well, I don't. I don't envy you that, mate, because I had a guard over the last couple of years. It was like herding cats. <laughs> so, and you know. And I'll tell you what, Mike. On a very, we've got a very strict um, sort of timing on the day because we do have so many speakers that, yeah. that want to go. So yeah. Well, good luck with that too. I try to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> We might need some help with a bit of crowd control too, but I, I, don't, I don't actually have, is it a gavel, you say? Yes. yes. A gavel, yes, a I, gavel. I do, I do have a lump hammer. <laughs> yeah. What are they, yeah. a 12-pounder or something? So. Oh, no, just a couple of pound lump hammer, you'll be right. Just a, just a little. No, no sledges or blockbusters, you don't think? No, you don't need anything that big, mate. Just a tap on the kneecap, just say, be quiet, and it'll do. I baseball bat. Yeah, no, baseball battle do it. Well, what do, what do they call them in the industry? A tyre checker. A tyre, a tyre billy. A billy. Tyre billy. Yeah. yeah. So. Not far away, actually. You can you can pick those up at uh, at Albury, I think. At the beep. <laughs> Is that right? Well, grab one on the way through. Just saying, grab one on the way through. You never know. I was sort of. Um, I was actually changing some bows inside some tippers here a week or three ago, and. Yeah. And pulling out those um, nylon flexible bows. Oh yeah. And I'll tell you what, those cut down would make good tie checkers as well. You reckon? Oh, you end a bit. I don't know, one and a half foot lengths. It's you know, it's four hundred and fifty mil for our more modern guests. Um, right. Yeah, that'd make a that'd make a good um, tie checker. So. Oh, well. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, it looks like our hounds joined us in the studio here. Hey. He's been feeling a little lonely with both parents leaving him alone. The Milo dog. Milo dog. Yeah, he's come in for a look and hope he's not looking for a lead to chew on while he's in here. Be looking for treats. That's what he'd be looking for. Yeah, he's always looking for treats, Mike. <clears throat> That's what he'd be looking for. Yep. All right, well. Yeah, so... Mm. He did get quite a vast array of Christmas presents and toys, which, yeah, people might be able to hear him in the background here. With squeaky. The toys with squeaky <laughs> Chewing on his squeaky toy. It's interesting when the dogs get more Christmas presents than the kids. It is, isn't it? Yep, yeah. Well, it's the yeah, same old story now, though, isn't it, for us? You know, what's on your phone? You've got more pictures of your dogs or your kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Milo got quite an array of um, toys. He's got a toy box now, and I usually have to... They're scattered from one end of the lounge room to the next, so... They don't put them back, though, do they? they no, we need to try and train him to do that, but um, that's another challenge. Have, <laughs> you can have one at a time. So every time you get one out, you've got to put one back. That's it. <laughs> Apparently it's possible to do to train them to do that, you know. I, I don't have know. no I, doubt that, that it's possible, but um, I don't think he's... Yeah, 
If you probably put a few treats back there, he might. I don't know exactly how you train him to do it, but... Well, if you gave him a treat every time he did it, he'd probably get the yeah. message, but it might take a little while. Yeah. This is true. He, he is getting a bit older, but anyway, so... So moving on, Mike, what else have you got? Well, we're... We want to have a talk about a few things. The latest on-the-road um, email from the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator lobbed in my inbox either yesterday or today, and there's a fair bit of stuff in that I wouldn't mind having a bit of a chat about. Mm. Yep. Uh, that that's, you know, strikes me as being a little bit interesting, so we can get over a bit of that. Yeah. I, I was having a look at the, the, uh, the travel section of the... Uh, news.com website hmm. and just the first world problems that people are having while they're traveling. Yeah. Uh, Roxy Jacenko's lost it because someone actually took up a little bit more space than she thought that they threw on their airplane. Right. And there's a photo of the person encroaching right up to the edge of the seat space. My God. Ro That's... Well, Roxy, yeah, no, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Roxy's had a bit of a sook. Yeah. She reckons this bird might must have just about put her head on her shoulder. Uh, you know, but I thought... I, I, mean, see, yeah. um, I see Joe Hockey has had a dummy spit about Sydney Airport. You had to stand in the line. Apparently, when you're an ex-senator and an ex-ambassador, you don't just get to push to the front of the queue. Right. Was he a senator, yeah. was he? He was. I thought he was an MP. Not, not MP. Oh, he might have been just an MP. I can't remember. I didn't pay too much attention to him. Probably shouldn't say just an MP, an MP. I always thought he was a fat flog myself, but that's oh. just me. Well, I, I, I wouldn't have gone down that path, but I certainly, you know, you start to lose a little little bit of respect for people when they're having a sook about 20 minutes in an airport. It um, yeah. shows that um, if you think you're that special, that you don't mm -hmm. need to wait around in an airport, you probably should have your mm -hmm. own private jet. Well, and then yeah. and then you get a lecture on climate change if you've done that. Yeah, so. but when I say mm. you should have a private jet, that's one that's funded by you and not the taxpayer. Well, yeah. Just have you seen the travel? Have you seen the bill that uh, that our old mate Airbus Elbows put up while he's been in office? Have you seen that? No. It's millions, mate. Absolutely millions to him to fly him and his pretend girlfriend and the bloody dog around. They've had a few trips about, don't they? Um, I, I did see a funny post there about how, um, you know, our current Prime Minister was coming to visit Australia for a special trip. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, is it sometimes you've got to travel around and do your bit, but... Um, we have a Foreign Minister for a reason, mate. Yeah. You know, if I was Penny, I'd be a little bit pissed off. She's not getting to stay in all the five-star motels no. she's used to. Because you your, your boss is off there doing that. Because your boss is stealing your thunder for you, you know. I, I was I was looking at something interesting there today, and I don't I can't remember what led me down the rabbit hole, but it did have they were talking about the top eight jobs in Australia. Yeah, that you could earn. Six-figure incomes mm. without having a university degree, right? But truck driver didn't make that. Truck driver didn't make the list. No. So there was plenty. There's a couple of mining jobs, and there were some other ones there that were sort of hideous in in what mm. they were. But you know, like 
Well, actually, auto electrician, and I do know a few auto electricians, and they probably do make a lot of money. But you know, there's some there like um, like just organising tradesmen and things like that. But you know, I would have thought that truck driving would have made it into that list. I don't think it'd be hard. Well, you know, you driver to make a hundred grand or more this. this yeah, time. well, I've, I've made more than a hundred. Well, I admit I've made more than a hundred thousand a year for the last several years. Mm. Well, not this, not last year because I spent eight months of it injured. But mm. in previous years, that's what I've done. No and trouble. And that's towing a tanker, mate. That's towing a tanker. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I was so, just curious that it didn't make it into that list. So I would have thought that um, yeah. anything and a single tanker at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you pushed up two trailers. Yeah. No. Well, hopefully the, uh, the there's someone else out towing my trailers down the Yen this evening. So if you see a pair of big Shiny Bifords behind a behind a jet black nine oh nine with a flat roof and big twin pipes on it. Mm, it's not you. It's not me. Give him a wave. Say good day. Mm. That's our old mate, our old mate Andrew Solder's ex truck. Oh right, eh? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's heading down heading down the yume tonight doing my job because I've got my medical tomorrow. So mm. go and see if you're fit to um, continue. Mm. I said I'm going to continue. I've done all the bits. I've had my eye test. My, my corrected vision is 2020. 2020. Yep. I uh, went and had my uh, had some heap of blood drawn out of me today, and weed in the are you feeling weed in the bottle or not? No, 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 no. no I had a, a little bit to spare. I, I, you know, just the way it is. Yeah. I didn't didn't like the needle though. You didn't. No, I don't like noodles. Yeah. It's all right giving them to people. I don't mind other people's blood. Different when it's... Other people's blood's fine. I don't like it when it's my blood. Different when someone's jabbing you, eh? That's right. And that's uh, You can give it, but you can't take it, Mike. That's that exactly you? right. Exactly right. Exactly. And I... Uh, I uh, no, I can take it, but I can't give it. That's the problem. Mm. I um, I did I did wee in a bottle, yeah. and that worked out all right, so... So you've got your drug test back already. <laughs> well, it's instant. It's an instant result. Mm. Instant result. I've got to have some other. Got to have some other tests done. I've got to do some bits and people. I'll, I'll be interested to see what my ketones are. And what are they? Well, they're uh, a part of. They're a thing that find, you find in the blood. Mm. Um, and if you're uh, if you're in uh, ketosis. Which I really should be because I'm not eating, you know, because I'm on the carnivore. Yep. My, my ketones should be high, so I'm interested to see what my cardiologist says. Which is, oh, your ketones are high. That'll be interesting. That's going to be a fun conversation. That is. Yeah, and the hardest one is when they turn, but it is low, and they go, oh, geez, you're doing everything good, mate, and you say it's because I want a carnivore diet, and they go, you're doing what, what? Yeah, that's right. It doesn't doesn't really fit in with. Uh, some of the medical practitioners, but hey, if it works for you, and it's going all right for you, isn't it, Mike? I, I look, I quite like it. But um, I find it, I find it quite good, simply because I like what I'm eating. Well, that you know, makes and I tried, a big I, difference. I tried the man shake thing. I lasted about five days on the man shakes. weren't a big fan of the shakes. I wasn't a big fan of the shakes. I've tried, I've tried every other bloody thing known to man. I think at one time or another, um, but the uh, carnivore thing is the longest I've spent any time with. So, I'm not look. It's not for everyone. Um, no. It's not for everyone. 
That's true. Although, and, but push bikes aren't for everyone. Jogging's not for everyone. Swimming's not for no, everybody. So no, do, do no. what um, – if you can find something that works for you, um, yep. you know, go with it. And I think the, the point of trying to do something that's ideal to the population is probably just not a good start. Yeah, so do do your research, though. Have a bit of a read before you make any decisions for yourself. Have a read. Think about your own personal circumstances. Get some professional advice if you need to. Mm. And uh, and take it from there. Now, staying on the travel stories, right? Yeah. A woman's horrendous act. <laughs> That's part. It's horrendous. I love the way they go for the sensational headlines. Has sparked... Fury amongst fellow passengers on an aeroplane. You know what she did? Oh, hang on, though, but fury. <laughs> right, so fury, strong, absolute fury. Some pretty strong words in there. That's right. You'd think it'd be something pretty bad, wouldn't you? You'd think so. Yeah, I don't understand people. I really don't. Sort of even Chad, you know, those, you know those charger cords that you can get for your phone that have got the light colours that flash through them oh, while it's charged? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, right, I eh? quite often get accused of leaving a disco <laughs> in going in the kitchen because of that. Yes, but anyway, I do, I do know the ones you're talking about. The woman's had one of those and she's plugged it in and she's been charging her phone on the plane with one of those horrendous... Flashing light, strobing bloody things. That's the thing. Right. Spark fury. Fury. Absolutely spark fury. Well, sometimes it just makes it so much easier to stay at home and do nothing, isn't it? Oh, mate, seriously, if you spark fury over that. Oh, mate, and no one wants to go out and spark fury. No. No, that's, you know, that's not Australian, is it? That's un-Australian. Un-Australian. <laughs> Un-Australian, spark and fury. All right, well, do you want to get on with this NHBR stuff or do you want to wait for Paul? Well, we might wait for Paul. Because I, I got a fair, I, I've got a feeling I'm not going to get a word in edgeways when he starts. Well, you know, it's it's actually just the, the newsletter. So it's not really a discussion about the NHVR, but it's more of a no, discussion no, no. about some of the things that are in the in the latest newsletter. And right, well, perhaps if we just give the listeners a bit of an idea about the sort of things we're going to talk about, if they want to send us any tech messages or call in about something, yeah, in particular, then we can we can uh, we can address those issues. So it's just a, this is a, just a bit of a canned profile. We're looking at. The Jimmy Reese thing, which he did with the caravanners for their safety reminder. Mm. And if you haven't seen that, you can go to YouTube or you can go to the NHBR website mm. and, and see that. Yeah. Caravanners have been reminded to share the road and rest stops with truckies over the holiday period. There's some uh, there's, stuff there. You're, the primary There is. is. Um, which, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's some new loading guidelines which uh, we want to talk about because they are a thing. You need to comply with those sort of stuff. Um, Tipper body modification code. Mm. Um, the talk about the NHBR's transition in Queensland for the uh, the transport uh, TMS to NHBR up there. TMR, sorry, to NHBR. Bit about their webinars. A bit about the heavy vehicle safety initiative funding, which is up to round nine now. Talk about some of that, and that's pretty much it. Just want to have a hit on those subjects, and um, basically, 
see what uh, see what there is to say about them. Expand on them a little bit. So if you've got any questions about any of that stuff, text them in now to oh four nine one eight two five six double three, or take this here intention that you want to give us a ring mm. and um, we can call you back. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a few things in amongst that, you know, like the the new network map they've got there. Um, Mm. It's pretty handy. It it does bring it all sort of into one place a bit better instead of chasing up maps all over the things for whether you've got your, you know. I had a look at that the other day. A-doubles, it's, you know, it's a a big improvement to have it all into one spot. It still takes you back to the state sort of things, but it's, it's all in the one spot so you don't have to chase up, you know, try to form where the Queensland money is, where's, you know, so it's it's pretty good. Um, I did have a look at it the other day. I thought it was fairly impressive, actually, the way it, the way it all went together. Yeah. You could, you could sort of go back and you could see where things were. Mm. And it did, seem, it did seem to, like, join up fairly well as well. I, I, I was surprised, actually, at uh, how well they got it. I mean, they, they're talking about um, getting into uh, the Northern Territory and Western Australia a lot more now. Mm. Um, I can't see the NHBR taking over in WA and the Northern Territory anytime soon. No, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's a long, a long way away. But, you yeah. know, we don't know. It's um, you, you think that um, things like this would only happen in a, in a scenario where every state and and the federal government are all the same party, but um, I don't think that can even happen until they all agree. And, yeah, it's well, I think a struggle. The... I wish it would. I wish there was a, a one regulator for the whole lot, but when, when you, you know, and, and I, I won't say sit on the fence, but when you listen to both sides of the story, it's, it's hard to see how it could even happen at the moment. Well, I don't think that any of the uh, state transport ministers are going to be willing to give up too much ground. Um, they, of course, all have to answer to their own transport departments and police services. Mm. Um, and, and if anyone thinks that the transport department and the police service don't have a bit of an influence on what happens with heavy vehicle regulation in their state, then I'd say that you're probably fooling yourself a little bit. Mm. I, I, I can't see that uh, the New South Wales police force are going to back away from the position that they've held for a long time mm. with, with, with respect to enforcement. So, so, so one of the things we, we've tried doing mm. with, with the conference is that to actually get a lot more of the state-based authorities and um, like your police and, and road authorities and and they're the ones that seem to really not want to engage at all. Like they're they're just happy doing what they do and and not want to listen to or, or have a look at a bigger picture to see that you know uh, uh, one regulator across the whole lot um, could work a lot better for the people involved in the industry. They they're taking the small small view approach and it's certainly in my view a short term approach they're not looking at the bigger picture or the long game it's well, just about the reality, their own thing the reality is I think that um, we, we do a lot more a lot more quickly these days than we ever used to mm. so you know with the improvement that we've seen 
over the years, and I mean, I, I struggle to use the word improvement, but it's it's true. The, the trip times, so let's say let's say a reduction in trip times, not necessarily improvement. The, the reduction in trip times between capital cities and you know trucks getting places in Australia these days is certainly a lot better than ever it used to be. Certainly on the east coast, yeah. And um, we, I mean, we don't have that all weather. Uh, road net, network that we should have, especially when you consider how much excise we pay, yeah. But uh, and how much money we contribute to the to road funding, which seems to end up everywhere except on roads. Um, I, you know, there, there are a lot of a lot of cans that we could open and kick around there. As far as all that goes, I would love, to, I would love to be down at the conference and the reason I, I don't know whether I'm going to make it to the conference because of what I'm doing work-wise mm. I, 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 I'd love to be there simply so I could ask some of the state transport ministers where the money goes yeah. I'd love to be there so I could ask Jenny Atchison why is it that the roughest part of the Hume Highway is at the checking station in Ruling mm. on both sides of the road and has been for a lot of years and has been for many years and when I spoke to her about it. She said, oh, yeah, we're going to do some work there. We're going to fix that. Well, yeah, they've done some work there, but they haven't bloody fixed it, mm. not by a long shot. Yeah. Um, the thing is, it's it's like a bit of rusty corrugated, corrugated iron in it. You can paint it and look good for a few days. Yeah. Um, but eventually it's still a, a rusty old bit of corrugated iron and, and it comes back. So a, a lot of them don't, don't know how to play the larger game. It's all about short-term thing for their... You know what looks best political um, and things like that. So, mm. yeah, it it's a shame that they, you know, in, in sitting in a bigger room with more people and understand that, you know, over time you talk about efficiencies and our, you know, how we, we talk about these these alphabet road trains and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, we we fail to see that sometimes. The, the gain in efficiency shouldn't always equal a bigger profit for somebody. It should equal a, a, a way to make our lives easier. It's like when, you know, when production lines are automated and things like that, the, the original intent of that and robotics and all this sort of stuff, like the original intent of the inventors of that was not to do someone out of a job, but to make their life easier. Yeah, but now we take it as any any opportunity we can to automate something that that's oh well we can wipe a job out and that that's mm. never the intention of it and it's actually I think getting close to the point of you know where you can look at a company and say you're you are now inefficient and there's no way that you can come back from that there's there's a certain economy of scale that works. But you get to the point where it gets out of control and you can't handle it. And I think generally every industry is like that now. They've tried so hard to gain these efficiencies that the smallest hiccup in it turns into a, a, a major disaster, not just a hiccup. Mm. Right. So you see it now, like, you know, the, the internet doesn't work. So that means all the all the grocery stores go empty that night because they couldn't load... 60 trucks out of a warehouse because the yeah. internet went down. Yep. Um, so where's the efficiency in that? It's not, you know. Well, one, once upon a time they used to have a certain amount of storage at the back of the supermarket. Now they don't. They have a bloody cross dock and that's it. You know, um, 
there, there, there are a number of things that <clears throat> change is driven that, that hasn't really been very, very good for the community uh, in general. There are things like this, as you say, just in time freight. You can't get the order into the warehouse to get the store uh, resupplied overnight, so next day you don't have any whatever it is on the shelf. Mm. And, you know, we saw how we saw how the insanity with toilet paper affected the supply chain through COVID. God knows why everyone thought that a respiratory infection was going to give you diarrhoea. But, you know, it, 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 it just highlighted a, a symptom of what is a much larger problem. Yeah. And the much larger problem is that there are a lot of individual things which each on their own don't seem to make too much difference. But when you put them all together and try and mix them all up in the in the logistics and the transport chain, um, one problem creates another one. Yeah. And you know we've we've discovered now that we've backed ourselves into a corner in a lot of ways as far as this goes. The supermarkets now don't have the room to have the extra storage. Mm. You know, so and those buildings are expected to have a certain life. Mm. Um, I'd be interested to see. What happens with new supermarkets? Whether they, when they build a new supermarket, do they continue with the old model, or do they give themselves a little bit of wiggle room? You know, I, I don't know that they are. I, I would imagine that there's there's talk there in that that model of a supermarket that why why do we even need these? Why don't we just do it all online and send it out? With oh, and no, like this this is how. You know, you got to imagine people are sitting there trying to work out what's the absolute best way to mm. increase the profit margin. Not about what's the what's the best thing for our community. What's yeah. you know, and I, I do notice now in in a lot of a lot of the places where they've put self service checkouts mm. that there is a bit of a turn in the community. And I, I don't know how it works in the cities, like bigger places, because people are programmed a little differently. But I have noticed in our smaller areas that people are actually refusing to use them now. Yeah. They just they just say no. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always have as much as possible. I, I won't use them. It's, you know, and to the point now that I actually see a more benefit in providing jobs by actually buying our groceries online and having them delivered. Yeah, well... It, there's it, still it, a job look- there for somebody, but I know what will happen. You know, mm. the next the next stage is that the people they employ in a supermarket to go around and, and pick your grocery order, they'll be just doing that. That'll be an automated thing. And that's not what we should be after. We should be after something that can make maybe... Say mine, mine and Colette's life a bit better at home, or more time together because we don't have to go shopping, or she doesn't have to go shopping. But we shouldn't be doing it to eliminate a job. It's well, not. Yeah. It's not how we should be operating as a society. We, you know, like mm. you go and use those. You know, if you're you're a 35 year old and you've got a couple of kids, and you go to the checkout and use a self service checkout, you're taking away that opportunity that your child might have when they're 15 or 16 to go and get a job. Well, these jobs that we used to get with, with you know, kids used to get at Woolies or Coles or wherever the job at Macca's or what other other fast food joint, they weren't meant to be career choices. No. They were meant to be the first place where the kid got to go 
to learn what it was like to have the responsibility of showing up on time, being there for a certain amount of time, and getting re- a bit of a reward with some financial return and a small amount of independence at the end of it. Mm. But and that was those, what it was. That was what it was about. But some of those did actually lead to careers <clears> for people. <throat> I know people who. Like I, I pushed trolleys around supermarkets when I was 15 when Woolworths opened in Cootamundra. I was one of the first ones there to go and collect trolleys. Did, did me a little stint on the on the checkouts and um, yeah. on the fruit and veg. And that was when it got busy on a Saturday afternoon because the shop actually closed on Saturday afternoon, not to reopen until Monday morning. Well, no. And I, I still wish we could see that. It's, you know, but that, again, well, the horse has bolted. The yards have not been knocked down, and there's no way of bringing it back. But, but it was. Well, there is a way of bringing it back. <laughs> the way of bringing it back is someone makes a decision and said, "This is the way it's going to be." Mm. So, you no, know, I mean, for me, for me, if our local supermarket said we're we're closed on Sundays, end of story. Mm. Um, there, there would be some whinging and bitching and moaning and crying and all that sort of stuff. But when they did it on week two, week three, and week four, people would realise, well, they needed to get the bread and the milk and whatever it was that they wanted on Saturday. Yeah. And that's it. And the shop's closed on Sunday. Why shouldn't people? But how many little corner stores operated on the fact that the big supermarkets were closed on Sunday? Well, there's that. So there's these little family businesses that, that, um, that go to the pack and all of those, and now just their sole reliance on is takeaway food. The yeah. takeaway shop, but yeah, but all these little things. Like I say automation has has not always been there to remove jobs. It's been there to help make your job a bit easier. Um, well, one has to question what's going on now. Coles have decided that it's a good idea that they can lock your trolley. Uh, somehow or another, we've developed the technology. We can lock your trolley if we think you're flogging stuff and send someone to look at you. They've got. Cameras on all the uh, self-service checkouts and all that sort of stuff. I mean, these days you can go into a supermarket, get your stuff and come out and not talk to anyone. <laughs> yep. I mean, and we wonder why people are antisocial. Yeah. You know? It's, um, it's funny, isn't it? They can spend all this money on a technology to lock your trolley. Yeah. But they can't fix the caster to stop it running into their goods on the oh, shelf. Don't start me on oh, bloody shopping. Why, why do I always... I don't do shopping that often, but every time I do, I get the one with the wonky wheel. Why is that? Well, I don't know. There's probably a reason why you don't go shopping. Well, I don't go shopping because it drives Rose nuts, I think. Mm, I reckon it would. Oh, she, I think she I think she ends up with less stuff in the in the trial. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm an impulse buyer. Yeah. I'll be drive. I'll be, I'll be. I'll be sort of tooling on past something. I'll see that. I'll oh, that looks all right, and throw it in the trolley. Do you go shopping when you're hungry? No, you try not to. Mm. You shouldn't do that. I know that's a rule. You shouldn't go shopping when you're hungry. Mm. Um, you know, I like. I'm a bit of a surgical shopper, though. I, I have a mind up of what I want, and I go in and sort of tend to get that. But while I'm whipping around, and Aldi's terrible. Have you seen the bargain buy section in the middle of Aldi? Oh, I used to all, actually enjoy going to that, but I don't see any bargains there anymore. Well, they have they have all sorts of stuff in there that you can just go in there and uh, just get, you know. Mm. What well, you know, yeah, go, go and buy your backpack and all that. Stuff. I've got to say, <laughs> some of that stuff's all right. Like I've got, I've got a lawnmower here that mm. that my father bought 
from Aldi. Right. From well, Aldi. Oh, many, many years ago. Look, Dad's been passed mm. for a few years now. And But anyway, they bought that and Mum and Dad sold the house. And so we actually picked up this lawnmower and it's outlasted the Victor that we had. Right. Um, and it's still, every, every time you want to pull it out of the shed and use it, you just give the whole thing a couple of pumps and away she goes. Like, Victor. that's from Aldi. That's a self-propelled one, so... Even a self-propelled lawnmower from Aldi. Yep, yep, and it's been around for years, and it still goes well, and it pushes, drives its way through the sand. I know. Does very well. So some of those products they're selling there are pretty good. Can't argue with that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I saw something also here on news.com that made me laugh. Um, an American has called the Aussie Big Mac obscene. Because it's... Too big or... Because it's too big. Divided yeah. over its disgusting size. Because it's big or small. Oh, well, the American burger giant has sort of announced that the double Big Mac should be sold for a limited time across US stores from January 24. So it's got four patties. The double-double. Four. Four. In Australia, has it? The Big Mac? Uh, no, no, no. This is the one that they're going to sell. Oh, Four beef patties. Right. That's good for a carnivore, mate. You buy a big mac, you just throw the bread away. Bread away. Four. So there's four patties, a bit of a slice of lettuce and pickle, and the, there's the bun with the, like, cut into three and a slice of cheese and the special sauce and the sesame seeds and all that sort of stuff. She's a fair bit uh, of throw into an ad, that, isn't it? Like a little it, jingle. It is. A- four <laughs> beef patties, special lettuce, mayonnaise, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Or do, oh, or, or do we say lettuce now or coleslaw because you can't buy lettuce sometimes? Cause it's too- oh, the fast food fanatics in the Northern Hemisphere, mate. They've got onto it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're calling the mammoth menu item as a double fun Big Mac. Yeah, and it's right. sending, the, sending the taste buds into overdrive, apparently. They yeah. call it a sandwich over there. A sandwich, yeah. So a I, sandwich. I, I gather that's uh, sponsored by... Um, some pharmaceutical companies that sell diet pills or what? Oh, I've got no idea. You'd have to think so, wouldn't you? Oh. Um, it, it's gone off. It's, it's gone off. It's. Uh, I was going to say it's gone off. It's tits. I can't say that. It's too early. You just. Uh, <laughs> it's gone off. It's on Twitter. Um, it's uh, it's uh, quite interesting that everyone reckons that you can't buy them in the UK. Apparently, Big Macs. No, you oh. can't buy that one. If they've been outlawed because there's too many calories in them, or <laughs> no, no, you see the calories jumping out of it. Six hundred eighty calories, so that's that's good for the calorie counters. Yeah, and it's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for a hamburger. Twenty bucks US. Yeah, right. So makes it about thirty dollars Australian. Maybe they're building these Big Macs and things like that. Say, so, you know, when we get to our electric vehicles that have the flux capacitor. Yeah. The best thing to do is shove a Big Mac in there and it's got like oh, God. 800 kilowatt hours or something in a in a Big Mac. Yeah, so anyway, we can do... Then they're carrying on about how fat we are. But these are the people that do this all this funny honey stuff that Yogi was eating when he was over in Texas. What was, what, what was it, buddy? Was um, honey dipped, bloody fried pancakes or some bloody thing. You, just, you can feel the calories just dripping out of them. What's this one? 
So I've got a, I have never worked this out. What they call a chicken fried steak or something? Is it? What do they do there? Yeah, yeah, chicken fried steak. We've got no idea what that is. No, someone might be able to text in and tell us what that is. Yeah. Anyway, they t- they saying, how can you in Australia get double quarter pounders, double McChickens, double fillet of fish, and now this double double quarter pounder? It's not so, a sorry double double uh, Big Mac. It's just so if you a double quarter pounder. Yeah. Isn't that just a half pounder? It is. Right. So I was reading there something about a, a company that went into competition uh, in America over McDonald's quarter pounders, and they started yep. selling a third pounder. Yes, I, re- I recall seeing that. And yep. it didn't take off because most people thought that a thought third, a third was, was less than a quarter. Yeah. You oh. just can't make it up, can you? Mm. These people vote, apparently. Oh, so Nick Nick's just sent me a message about a song request, and he's about Sadie the cleaning lady. It's got mm. a laughing emoji on it. So we're not having that one. You know why we're not having that one? Because no, boy, it's a John Farnham song, and John Farnham supported the Voice. <laughs> he sang the Voice. <laughs> yeah, he did sing. He did sing the Voice, and he supported it too. John well, Farnham's band, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Well, it's not one of my favourite tunes, anyway. So. We'll, All right. we'll there you go. Next. 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 Yeah. So we're, we're getting close to the hour. or 12 minutes away, but we might get Paul on here shortly. We'll, I think, we'll I think we should guys. we should go looking. But we've got we've got we've got a little bit more. I know that we're supposed to be talking about trucks. So we're going to give it a solid hour very very shortly. Right. Eh? So um, do we do we want to wait wait talk about supermarkets? And well, uh, we, we well actually yeah, we, we might could, later because Paul did send me a link today about some. Stuff to do with supermarkets. Did he? He, he did indeed. I don't know. Well, the other thing that I'm... I've got a different pewter here in front of me at the minute. But, um, I don't know. That's, that's fine. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about just briefly, mm-hmm. Big Mike. Is that you? <laughs> no, no. Big, Big Mike. Big Mike. Uh, that's, that's Obama's wife. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Right. Big Mike. I'm not even sure where. Should I cut you off now or not? <laughs> Big Mike. She had a recent interview with uh, Firestorm, uh, and there's a Firestorm revelation that she may in fact run as the Democrat candidate for the presidency at the end of the year. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Big, I don't know what. Big what's Mike. Done. Big Mike, have you seen a ba- have you seen a picture of the back of her? She's built like a brick shit house, mate. No, I don't, I don't know. I have, but I just I don't look at stuff like that. It's just not interesting. Well, I don't I, I don't I don't go in for conspiracy theories too much about whether Big Mike's a tranny or not. <laughs> well, uh, obviously you do a little bit. <laughs> well, you read you read about it. I don't know. All I can say all I can say is this, mate. Um, we we do have freedom of speech here in Australia and. You know, I'm not saying one way or another, but I can tell you now some of the photos, I've never seen a photo of a pregnant, let's put it that way. Oh, you're going to that one, righto. So, you know, now I don't care who you are, if you're a woman that's had a baby, there's a photo of you somewhere with your baby when it's born or shortly afterwards. Mm -hmm. There's a photo of you somewhere while you were pregnant. And there's a photo of you somewhere with your small children. Right. So we're going to try the alien part as well? Oh, no, no. I'm not going to go down the alien pathway. 
all I will say is I've seen a photo of of um, Big Mike from the back standing beside um, what's her name, um, the former First Lady Melania from the back, and all I'll say is it looked like a dump truck parked beside a Ferrari. That's all I'll say. There you go. Lucky you're not reading anything into all of that. No, not at all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyway, the, the important news story is that Big Mike may in fact run for the election. I'll tell you what. If she does, and I will refer to her as she, if she does, that will throw the cat amongst the pigeons mm. for sure. Mm. No, well, <clears throat> I don't. They. Um... I don't know. They could certainly do with a few more candidates over there, couldn't they? Well, they could. I've been watching this Vivek Ramaswamy guy. Um, he's this uh, inter- he's this independent fellow that's been running at the, the debates, and he's basically just going out and kicking everyone in the crutch. It's wild. Whether you follow American politics at all or not, you can go and have a look at what this guy's saying, and it's, it's just usually fun just to watch the faces of the people when they're having their town halls and stuff. Because the guy's got no filters at all. Mm. He just, you know, he, he just, you know, he just, he just calls them as he sees them, I suppose. Well, it's sort of a, a strange, um, a strange crowd over there, isn't it, really? Because if, if you if you want to run for president, mm. you've either got to say, oh, 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 I love guns or I hate guns. Yeah. And, yeah. And you've got half the population either way. Well, I saw a thing, there's a thing going around on, on social media at the moment about the most guns per 100 people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And in the top 10 countries with the most guns per 100 people. And America is like uh, like 30, was, 100, was it 135 guns per 100 people or some fucking thing? Really? Just ridiculous. That's Absolutely a, ridiculous. Tina's going to be right onto you just then. I just said that, didn't I? I can't believe I just said that. And, and and I will say, if Tina's listening, um, mm-hmm. try to deflect here. How are you, Tina? How's your arm? Yeah. Um, she's broken her arm this week. Is she really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah, Tina, if you are listening, I'll I'll apologise for Michael's I, terrible. Well, no, I I apologise too. I'm sorry that just slipped out. Um, well, this is raw and unfiltered. You see, we we don't have to struggle for authenticity. We are authentic. Yes. And, uh, Certainly, sometimes certainly, I certainly some I authenticity here. Um, I apologise. I don't. Well, I don't really. I, I, I'm sorry if anyone's offended. Yeah, you should be. Anyway, moving moving on, and Tina, I hope you're getting better. Um, but it, it, it's a strange political system when you're used to ours in, in Australia. Hmm. So, I'm not saying. Do we have a political system? Do we? Well, we've got a system. I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one. I think we. You know, this thing where everybody has to vote. You know, it's, um, yeah, if you don't have a clue why you're voting, um, yeah, if you don't want to vote, why why you're voting, I don't think it's helpful. But, yeah, anyway, it doesn't take it doesn't take much for a, um, a spin doctor in a political party to uh, convince a population of what they need to do. Mm. Um, well, mm. some people have no idea what they're voting for. That's the problem. Mm, that's right. 
You realise that Woolworths and Coles and Big W and everyone have ditched selling Australia Day merchandise? You realise that? So they ditched it completely. Is it mm-hmm. both of them or just one of them? No, all of them, I think. They're basically not selling any Australia Day merchandise. So you can't go and buy a T-shirt or a flag? or You can't buy a flag or a T-shirt. I'm sure you can go and find them. You just won't find them at Woolies or uh, anything like that. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can't buy an Australian T-shirt with Australia flag on it for Australia Day, the best thing you could do is buy a truck and life T-shirt <laughs> and wear that on Australia Day. Well, I, I, I just I just struggle with the fact that it's okay to have Ramadan and it's okay to have Diwali and it's okay to have all these other things, but all of a sudden it's a problem to have... Uh, Australia Day. Mm. You know, I, I well, I struggle with it. I mean, this is a uh, a Christian country. We are. We call ourselves a Christian country. We're a Western country. We're built on the Westminster system of democracy, and the people that come to live here should come and live under our rules and our laws and the way we do things. Mm. And I just can't believe that people want to come here and change our country into the place that they couldn't live in so badly that they left. Maybe we that just need a whole new mean. system. You reckon? Well, maybe. We've just, we're a country that's adopted so many other systems. Mm. You know, we still live under a, a, a thing from the British rule. Um, no, you're talking about a republic now. Uh, well, again, something different. You know, How's that working out? I don't know. What, the Republic or the British rule? Well, I, I, I always, I often thought that we would end up having a look at the Republic when the Queen passed away. Mm. And that's happened. And we look at King Charles who can't keep his mouth shut on anything. Oh. I often wondered what the Queen would think of what the Queen really thought about anything, but she didn't share her opinions very often, if ever. Um, Charles, you can't shut him up. Mm. Um, I've got not a lot of respect for King Charles personally. Um, I think that it is time to look at a republic. Um, but that's that's just me, uh, and, and you know my political views shouldn't affect anyone else. I wouldn't think. You know, everyone knows I'm a I'm a right of centre person. <laughs> um, it's not too hard to work out. Well, some sometimes, though, we you know we all live in these things where we do do things now that people did, you know, two hundred years ago, mm. and, and the common beliefs and what what you live in. But you know, we've come to a country where we we like to have Australia Day, and I think it's something that should still be celebrated. I know there's well, a past with it all, and and everybody has a different way of looking at that, and and I won't take away. From anyone's thoughts and beliefs on certain things, but it's it's quite um, it is very open out there that people do want to celebrate Australia Day. They want well, to celebrate with that, and they should celebrate what Australia means to them, not what Australia what they think Australia means to somebody else. So all I'll, yeah. all I'll say is this. We are not flogging people in the street because they didn't wear the right clothes. That's true. 
Yeah. We, we are not hanging people from from um, cranes because they don't follow the same sexual practices that, that we do or I do or anyone else does. Mm. Yeah. We're not throwing people off the top of tall buildings. Yeah. We are tolerant people. Yeah. I... I can't stand it when people say that we're intolerant or we're racist or not. Mm. I am the most, I am the straightest guy you will ever meet as far as any of that stuff goes. Mm. And my view has always been that uh, that you do whatever you like and as long as it ha- doesn't harm anyone else, then you know, you're within your rights to do it. I'm a libertarian mm. as far That's as right. that goes. That's it. But I tell you what, I've been to other countries and seen places where people do get flogged in the street for not wearing the right clothes. And I know every time I touch the shore of Australia, I'm happy to be home. Mm. I had a message from someone who should remain nameless. We need a goat for president. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh. Prime Minister, sorry. Anyway, we might we might go to a song. Yeah, might go for a song and and get our big friend, our friend. I can't say big friend. I will say our good mate, Paul, on for a for a bit of a chat about all this NHBR stuff. We'll spend the next hour talking about serious trucking rather than other bullshit. Mm. Right, eh? We're going to go with a bit of the road hammers. Road hammers, awesome. And um, yeah. what one are you playing? Let's uh, get on down the road. Good on you. Get on down the road from the road, Emma. It's outstanding. We'll be back.
Hammers the road, Hammers. Get road Hammers. Down the road. Paul, be a genie. <clears throat> How are you tonight? I'm, I'm going okay, uh, Craig and uh, and Michael. I'm doing okay. I want to compliment compliment you on your choice of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good choice. Good choice. And before we go too much further, I have massive breaking news that I have not emailed you two gentlemen about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but let's break. Let's break it on the radio. Wow. Uh, the road. The road happens are returning this year. Awesome. Uh, to lights on the hill. Wow, really? We best yes. there then, eh? Mm. Well, yes. there you go. Better, better book I, my room right now. Colette, if you're up there listening, lights on the hill, book a room, please. I, yes. uh, I, re- I received an email from uh, from Jason McCoy, the lead singer, uh, this morning. Right. Uh, they, they are returning. So, Mike, wow. you'll, get your, you'll get your wish. You'll get to be like a uh, giggling little schoolgirl, and I'll introduce right. you to each and every member. Wow. Uh, no, it's good. I get, just get there and teach them like so treat them like normal boys. We'll sit down and have a steak together. It'll be great. Mm. Mm. Do we need some handcuffs on him, Paul, or not? No, you won't. I think, I, I think he, I think he will do us proud. I okay. think he'll do us. Yeah. You don't need to put handcuffs on me. I've, I've met famous people before. Mm. Well, you've met me. You've met me. So, met well, me. actually, we haven't met, met yet, have we? we no, haven't no we haven't, well, we've, we've met on the. We've met on the. We've met on Zoom. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, this is one of the pleasures of working around the country. Mm. You, you know, many, many people. It's, it's a fascinating world we live in, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Well, mate, we, we we want to have a bit of a chat about this um, on the road. We get, are we going to take legal action against the NHBR? Are we? I think they've right. probably got deeper pockets than us. And, you reckon? And I know they've got a fairly full-on legal team. So Are they? No. And to be honest, on the road, issue 172 has probably been around a little bit longer than us. So No, I'd, I'd actually dispute that, dude. Yeah? Yeah, I would. Right, eh? Don't poke the bear, Michael. On the road podcast has been around for over three years, mate. Well, there you go. There you go. So, anyway, well, course, that's we, we can't we, share, so that's something we can't own a patent on the words on the road, though, can we? No, no. Um, but anyway, they um, they do talk about sharing the road, so let's just talk about sharing sharing on the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, well, we're yeah. going to share on the road. Can we just have a little bit look though first at what Sal Petrosito had to say? And of course, we've we've met Sal several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and irrespective of what people may think about the NHVR, um, just like everyone else, they're just people trying to do a job. Um, and I don't envy the NHVR. Actually, they've got to they've got to turn the shit sandwich that is the HBNL into something that we can live with on the road. Now, you know, there, there's always there are always certain people within organisations who tend to enjoy their job a little bit more than others. We know that's true. But in general, I think the NHVR are trying to make things a little bit nicer. Sal's saying that um, they've got some milestones coming up in this year, including the transition in Queensland. Mm. Uh, and the NHVR will try and deliver borderless and consistent regulation of heavy vehicle movements across Australia. Yogi would say, well, can we stop having the little mirrors in South Australia, please? Can we do that? I don't know. I don't know if that can happen. 
But they do have a, uh, a bit of a, a customer service approach. There have been a lot of improvements we're going to talk about very shortly with the new national network map, map that they've got, uh, which now seems to work. And they ha they're going to work on that throughout the year. So Sal Petrosetto said, stay safe and have a happy new year. Thanks, Sal. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Well, there, there has been some effort made to try to engage the trucking community mm. more and and get in that path. I know there's still some uh, individuals out there, <clears throat> and I'll say within the the regulatory bodies as well as the industry, and I'll say mm. that means us out there driving trucks that are not as willing to engage. So mm. whilst ever we have that... that um, those forces there between them and us, we're going to have problems and I would like to find a way to overcome that. So, you know, we all need to think positively about how this change is going to affect us and no need for anyone to be jumping to to any conclusions, you know, straight off the bat. They just, yeah, need to be friendly and talk about it and that will happen both ways. So I've actually had a, a discussion with the NHVR today about some th practices that may be going on that that some people aren't liking and you know we've got to start that conversation and see if we can make it better be before it just turns into a great big um as we say a cluster thing um <laughs> yeah so, I, I would have actually said that you said i'd still be in trouble yeah no no you wouldn't but, um, <laughs> yeah so i don't know paul you 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 have a, a different view on some of this um on how it all works, and I, I have a, I have a well a, a different view, Craig, but I probably a common view. I'm just not sure how far I can go this evening on live radio with my views, um, but I I am a firm believer that the us versus them psychology is of no benefit to to anyone, um, yeah. and that exists. This may surprise both of you and some of our regular listeners that know me quite well. This may shock you that I wrote a scathing letter <laughs> to did. Brisbane Airport recently after a um, after a shocking a shocking interaction with a uh, a security guard at Brisbane Airport when uh, I was going through security um, recently last year for a um, for a trip away mm. and and I was I was truly I was truly bewildered and disgusted at the way I was I was treated by this particular person wearing a uniform with the, the badges on the shoulder and the lapels and 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 all that jazz at the security check-in um, won't go into all the details but you know I I, I, I reached out to the Brisbane airport and I said, I'm, I'm a little bit tired. Actually, I'm very tired of this us versus them psychology, you know, the traveling public and I'm all for security on airplanes and airports. No, no one wants some lunatic in an airport or an airplane with a dangerous substance or a dangerous article. A hundred percent. They, they, unfortunately, particularly since 9-11, obviously. Unfortunately, we we do need those 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 people um, in airports. It's a little bit sad that we need them, but it's a fact of life. But I don't understand why when you arrive 
at the, some of these places, it's the whole you're guilty, you're assumed guilty, you're assumed you're doing something wrong, and you have to prove yourself differently. Mm. Um, and, you know, this, this particular person, this gentleman, you know, treat, treated me very, very poorly. Um, and and my, my, my letter to Brisbane Airport and to the security company was, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. What I am saying is, as as a as a respectable member of the general public and a, and and a paying a paying travelling member of the general public, so I'm paying to get on a Qantas plane. I'm paying to pay at the pay parking at the Brisbane Airport. So I'm I'm a customer, and yet I was treated like. A terrorist. Yeah. Well, a possible terrorist. You know, it was just, it was just a dreadful experience. And, and I'm, 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 I'm sorry, but my opinion still of enforcement agencies on the side of the road, and I've seen the NHVR set up these nice little, little information days with the young people. Most of them look like they're just old enough to have a license. Come in and talk to us, and I'm sure they're bewildered because most trucks just go past. But I feel. If I if I seen if I seen one of these information setups, um, I would even though if my work diary was in perfect condition and my truck was in perfect condition, I would still be nervous to pull in and go and have a chat and say, these are my concerns for the fear of that entrapment into enforcement. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you fix it. We've spoken about this I think a couple of weeks ago on a you know possible amnesty. Um, where we, we could we could actually talk to these people and say these are our real world concerns, mm. our real world concerns, and that heavy handed that heavy handed enforcement does nothing except raise revenue. That's all it does. Well, I think yeah, that's well. something that everybody in the industry wants to change. And again, like you talked about Brisbane Airport, um, their response probably was that's not what they're telling their people to do. Um, so there are are the rogue ones, and as I say, on both sides of the fence here. So we have to be very careful about, you know, absolutely just slap you and you'll slap me, and you know, absolutely. Um, so that's yeah, but it's it's all about an improvement for everybody, and you know, if we can all do it better. But there there are some things that come out in that newsletter that you know the chain of responsibility. So we've all talked about this. And we've all talked about it's a toothless tiger and we've all, you know, no one can can avoid the fact that COR for many years was just some stupid um, word or, or whatever that, that people are used to try to claim something in for some method. A terminology, yeah. correct. But yep. there, there yep. are some simple things and I've gone through this at, at places where I've been over the years Um to try to help people understand their responsibilities and most still will say I don't I don't have a part of that even when you show them in writing that they that they do this is and mm. a lot of people mm. don't understand it and there you know there's there are very simple things here and it's in the newsletter and, and it may be something that we should put out there you know with some very simple things about that there's 10 key things about you know um, what it is, and you know, one employing a heavy vehicle driver. So there you go. That's straight up. You're, mm. you're 
engaging yep. someone to drive a heavy vehicle under a contract for services, prime contractor. Mm -hmm. Self-explanatory, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Directing the control and use of a heavy vehicle. Operator. Oper operation man operations manager. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduling the transport yeah. of goods or passengers in a heavy vehicle or scheduling a driver's work and rest area. So scheduler. Mm. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Indeed. You know, consigning goods for transport by a heavy vehicle. <laughs> now, that's everybody. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, yeah. Receiving goods delivered by a heavy vehicle. Uh, you know, packing or assembling goods for transport in a heavy vehicle. You know, and this, this is the one, number eight here, that people should really... Um, take note of managing premises where five or more heavy vehicles are loaded or unloaded each day. That's an interesting one, that isn't it? His he, uh, his major names come to all three of us instantly, there, boys. <laughs> there's some major ones there, but I tell you what, there's some very minor ones as well. Um, oh, absolutely, like five trucks. Yeah. It's not many, so if you're putting stuff on a truck or putting out of it on the truck over. I don't know what that was, but anyway, um, Craig, that that would that would apply to that local stock feed company just around the corner from home here that you've mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, all yeah. these multiples. Um, yeah. Loading a heavy vehicle, mm. like simple Fork, term, unloading, drivers. unloading mm. a heavy vehicle. Mm. Yeah, no. So there's all these in this chain, and it's got here a heavy vehicle driver is not a COR party unless they are an owner-operator or perform another function that makes them a party. However, a driver is subject to other requirements under the HVNL. So is that clear okay. to a lot of people? If you're a driver, but you're not. Clear as mud. You're not part of the What COR. does that mean? What does that mean? Mm. It means that anybody, anywhere you go to is probably responsible by you under some most things, but you're still still have a responsibility under the HVNL. Yet, yet, the NHVR enforcement officers are the ones that wait outside the gate of the depot, distribution centre, etc., and knock off the driver for a breach in the logbook. Yeah. So, and that is what I've had a gut full of. So there's a part there where now the NHVR have got that off-road enforcement team. Correct, we've spoken about that, yep. So hopefully the, these first 10 that I just talked about is an area where they will go to and say, well, well you guys are there. And and um, the NHVR has said that that's, you know, people want to ring up and report, that's that's what they're going to do, go in and, and try to talk to these places and, and make a difference there. So, and that might be a way of not just attacking the... the low-hanging fruit, as, as we've talked about. Um, but What is that noise? That's that is green tree frogs, I'm sorry. We've we've had a storm here at Mulgowie, so all the down pipes on the house are full of green tree frogs. Mm. Awesome. So nice. there you go. Um, Chain your frogs better, Mr. Bairdjian. That's all I can say to you, mate. They're, they're wild animals, Michael. I have no control over them, bless them. Don't you? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's part of this COR stuff that's in the newsletter, and that's probably just something to try to explain to everybody that, you know, virtually anybody at 
any point in this transport game, you are you are responsible. Yeah. When when I was um, when I was on the highway, I always carried a battery operated tape recorder, like a size of a mobile phone, but a tape recorder with a cassette yeah. in it. You know, and yeah, yeah. and I wish I'd had. I wish I'd had a smartphone in those days, and I, I we've got to be, we need to be, I guess, careful what we wish for. But I, I, I encourage drivers, owner drivers, that if if you are in a facility where they're just blatantly passing the blame onto you, saying, "Mate, you just park across the fence there and wait five hours," because I just don't care. Respectfully and carefully record that conversation and send it to the NHVR. Don't swear on it. Don't abuse. Use your brains. Be mature about it. But I feel the only way, you know, one of the ways there will be some change is drivers need to start recording the way they're, they're treated at these some of these places, not all but some of these places. And if the NHVR, this off-road enforcement section, if, if they really do have, if they really do care, then perhaps we, we, we as an industry as a whole, collectively, respectfully, intelligently, start recording some of these interactions. Um, you know, Craig, we, we spoke about this on New Year's Eve with, with young Yogi about that, that gentleman, the security guard at that major chicken processing um, factory in Tamworth, with my truck, mm. in in you know, um, insisting that he did a roadworthy a roadworthy inspection on my truck and the two tankers, even though he had absolutely no, I don't believe he had any authority, nor did he have any qualifications to carry out such an inspection. Mm. But now. now you know that that sort of stuff has, has it needs to stop because all that is doing, all that is doing is creating anxiety, and we all know what anxiety. We all, we all talk about stress, and we all talk about fatigue for the drivers that are making making the country go around by moving freight. That type of anxiety and stress, all that will do, is just create more fatigue for a driver. That is completely unnecessary. That person had, I don't believe, any legal right to carry out a roadworthy inspection on my vehicle, considering they were just a security yeah. guard. And, and and that's entirely true, but he was given direction from somebody to do that. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So yes. that's, that's the level that we need to get into. So by... You know, att attacking the the security guard at the gate about what he's been told to do is is like attacking, you know, the young girl working at the service station for the price of fuel. I agree. It, yes, it's, it's not their fault. They're just trying to do their job. Yes, um, I agree. So there are channels and ways that you can always make a complaint, but you, you are right about recording. You know, and well, I I know in New South Wales. If it's a public place, you're quite with the wealth in your rights to record a conversation. Um, so, but the, yeah, some of that, the what you talk about, the way that you're spoken to, and whether it's in an airport, uh, you know, whether you're at Bunnings or wherever else, if you're 
spoken to inappropriately, then you should always have the opportunity to be able to complain about that. It, it's a matter of just common decency and respect. But but if you can, <sighs> but if you're going to complain about it, and and don't get me wrong, I have no issue with anyone taking to task that. But make sure your side of the conversation's clean. Correct. If, Absolutely. If, Correct. If you're not going to be uh, decent and respectful, then you can't expect anyone else to do that back. So could not agree more. Yeah. Could not agree more. Use your brains. Yeah. You got well, a lot of crickets up there too, is it, Paul? Uh, they are crickets, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The wild, the wildlife's going crazy. Yeah, we, we've just had, we had a crazy storm just come through. Yeah. Um, oh, so you've had a few of them. We've had a few up there where we've had some uh, trucks unloading, and you know they talk about like fifty, sixty billion, twenty minutes. Yes, that that seems to be well, basically since since probably the middle of December, we've been having those storms pretty much every afternoon, every evening. Yeah. Yeah. Right, eh? mm. anyway, it's the new wet season. The new wet season. Right. Well, the old, it's kind of the old wet season returning, which is a little bit comforting, really. Yeah. Well, there's plenty, yeah. plenty of uh, green grass up your way, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I'm living on the Mara at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, when we did get there, I did say to Yogi, someone spends a lot of time on the mower. That's that's my wife, <laughs> luckily. Not, not you? <laughs> No, I try and avoid the mower like the plague. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Mike, in this um, this whole issue, we've all, you know talked about these things, but the HVSI. Mm. That'd be vehicle safety initiative. Round now, there's a sorry round nine. Yep. So that means it's been going for a fair while by now. Yep. Um, the short story of it is, is HVSI is how the NHBR funds various initiatives that are put forward by different groups to try and promote road safety, etc. Hmm. Um, you know, we have experience of that one with the, um, the power nap thing that was done by Andrew Hamilton Vaughan, um, which was, that was initially funded, HVSI funding got that kicked off. Uh, and basically what it does is it provides the resources for individual groups to pursue these various safety initiative so uh, that's that's coming up now that closes uh let me just get the get the screen up you've you've, you've caught me short the 19th of february yeah the grant program the the uh proposals for the grant program closes so there is plenty of information about hvsi just if you just google it and you can go there they've got all the information there about how you can prepare and present your proposal. In a nutshell, what it does is that it's project submissions that are directly address at least uh, one of the themes of safer drivers, safer vehicles, or safer road use. And the idea behind it is, is that uh, it, it just funds that sort of thing from happening. So Women in Trucking Australia, for example, put together some advertisements that uh, were to promote safer use of vehicles on the road and, and a bit of an education program. Obviously, the money doesn't go very far when you're spending it in that way. But, you know, the, the, um, there are a lot of things that you can do to, to, to promote safer roads or safer drivers or safer vehicles. Uh, the NTI 
get into that as well. They get a little bit of funding from HBSI to HSBI, I'm sorry, HBSI to, God, acronyms, I hate acronyms, <laughs> um, to, to do a bit of their work. And if you've got something that you wanted to do, you don't have very much longer to, uh, to uh, get your proposal in. There are a few things that, that I know about that are on the on the boil and heading into that program, I think, that are quite good initiatives if we can get them to fly. And, um, you know, I, I, I thoroughly uh, congratulate the NHVR for setting aside some money to do this. So it's not basi- basically not the NHVR saying, this is what you will do, this is what you must do. They are encouraging people from industry groups or associations or anyone that's got anything to say about safer roads, safer drivers, etc., to get in and do it in their way. They're promoting that grassroots sort of involvement from industry. Well, I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So and um, Perhaps they should have been down at the summer nights in Canberra this weekend, just gone. Well, what a dog's <laughs> breakfast that turned out to be. Gee, a massive performance car car festival in a state that's just legalised hard drugs. What could go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, sorry, my apologies. A territory that has uh, approved the use of hard drugs. What what could possibly go wrong? Mm, well, that, well, let's ask Bob about that. Bob McMillan's having a bit to say about that. And uh, God, he's right, isn't he? Well, they seem to be a bit of unruly behaviour from um, both... Unruly behaviour? Have you seen the video? I do, I do. that's why I said unruly. Oh, unruly. man, unruly. I don't think unruly quite covers it. No, but, you know, there's been bigger issues in airports about, you know, oh. or or on planes about, you know, you don't get two armrests. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to put everything in perspective here. <laughs> I, I I still after uh, after face to face with Craig and Yogi, I cannot get out of my head the whole idea of the NHVR becoming a complete regulator of all working people in Australia. I know. Didn't we have a good conversation about that? Every, everyone, yep. everyone yep. should work on a work diary. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bring well, it Craig on. said that. Craig said. Bring that. it on. We also had some other stupid ideas too. Well, not stupid. I, 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 Craig, I, I feel that is one of the most logical, yeah. political statements I've heard in decades. Because you can you imagine the backlash if your chef, bartender, etc., had to undergo the scrutiny and the fear of prosecution? That truck drivers do every day in this country. Mm. I'm halfway, I'm halfway through, through pulling your pint of Guinness, and we know how long that takes. All right, and you go, oh shit, I've got to go and have a 15 minute break. You'll just have to wait for that. Just, just by doing their job, nothing else. By wanting mm. to go out, support their family, and do their job, they are crucified. Yeah, and yeah. I look. You know, it's, at some points in your life, you you just have to concede. And say, right, eh? User right. So maybe it is time for the transport industry just to say, you're right. We shouldn't mm. be doing this. So mm. at the 14 hour mark, um, 
If you're out, turn the key off. Jet, pull up. In the middle of the road. If that's what you got to do, pull up. Um, if if you're yeah, but again, we did talk about this that it, it goes across every industry in Australia. Absolutely. So no one, unless you've done some very special training, you still can't work past twelve hours. Um, but it's but it's not that it's the um, the breaks, isn't it? So someone walks in to buy a loaf of bread from the bakery and they go, oh, sorry, I've just got to go and have a half an hour break. On my half hour break, and if I and if I don't, I I fear that I could be prosecuted for it. Eighteen months down the track in my work diary. Mm. Yeah, got a yeah. six hundred dollar fine because I went five minutes over. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and and let's and let's speed limit. Every car. Oh, I just I just had a text message about that. Let's speed limit every car. Said our Shall we? Four point five ton. And uh, remember when we so remember no, when we started that? Yeah. Do you remember when we started that? We had the start of the discussion on the speed limit for trucks, speed limiting for trucks, right? Mm. And then some smart ass. I remember this quite clearly. Some smart ass said, "Oh, that happens. We can just speed limit everything. Speed limit cars as well." Mm. And Peter Brock, Peter Pelopic. Come out and said, "Oh, you can't speed limit cars because that'll limit the performance of cars. It'll make them unsafe to drive." Right. Do you remember that conversation? Well, I do people. not, but there you go. But it doesn't oh, matter what people think; mm. it's about what mm. what the law says. So, mm. at the moment, you you know, if you're on the, so anywhere in Australia apart from the Northern Territory, I think it's got speed limits of 110 maximum. 130 mm. we can do in the territory. Yeah, so every new car's got GPS on it, so you can geofence everything. We can, we can tell when trucks shouldn't shouldn't be doing this, and so yeah, why not? If you if you're out of that boundary or whatever, it's all good. You can do 130, but otherwise your car is going to be speed limited to 110. Because it's well, not, it would not be politically acceptable, Craig. I know that there's a lot of alphabet road trains that are supposed to be doing 90 on the Yim Highway that aren't. Mm-hmm. They're doing their 100. Yep. And and that's that's actually a major compliance issue for a lot of these firms that allow it to happen. Um, mm. It, Yeah, so you, you hook up that, you should do it. Um, mm. But the law, again, People think it's ambiguous and say, oh, no, I've got a permit, I can do that. Well, yeah, yeah you well, don't. no, you don't. So, I had a chat to a toll bloke the other night that I basically said to him, mate, what are you doing overtaking me? We're coming into the 80K zone at Avenel, right? Because there's an 80K zone in Avenel now coming on the on the UM highway. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went past me, I backed off for the 80K zone, he didn't lift off at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Went to, it was a toll truck too. I will say it out loud. Art toll truck, one of those green ones with white riding on it. Mm. White riding on it. Went past me through the 80k zone at Avenel, exceeding the speed limit, and he was doing 100. I know that because I was sitting behind him early yeah. on. Well, one of the things is that you know a lot of people's perception of these vehicles is has been made up from the media and and how dangerous they are. Like. A thirty meter A double is is just as stable on the road as a twenty six meter B double. They probably handle a little bit better too. Yeah, so th- there's no real big, no real big issues there, except someone said they can only do ninety. the 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 biggest issue, Mike, that we've talked about here previously is um, 
is traffic friction and what what that does. So well, yeah, and that's one of the biggest things that the Americans are talking about now because yeah. they're talking about speed limiters in the States now. Mm-hmm. And the big argument that they've got, and they've managed to get a few po- politicians that probably have more than a little bit of a half a brain, particularly down south, to agree that traffic friction is an issue. Mm. I mean, one of the greatest frustrations that people have, we've only got to see it on our roads, yeah. the greatest frustrations that people have is getting side, getting stuck behind two elephants mm-hmm. where one's doing 100 and a half and the other one's doing 98 or 99 and a half and Correct. the amount of time it takes them to go past each other. Yeah. Now, the driver's got every right to be out there in the right-hand lane overtaking, every right. But he's in a 110 zone. Mm. So, yes, on the freeway. So the traffic friction on a freeway where there's two lanes should mm. be should be short lived. So if even if we've got these differences in speed, if mm. if you come up behind something that's speed limited to ninety, <clears> and, yep. and you're speed limited to a hundred, even uphills, whatever, the mm. the weight difference, everything else, should make it. Um, in in a way, not a big problem for you to get round that. If you're, there's no problem. There's no yeah. problem to get round these A trains and that when they're yeah. you're going uphill. The reason why it's no problem is because they're doing twenty five kilometres an hour. The, the problem is when they're it's empty ridiculous and they're doing a hundred. Yeah, and and you're in your B double trying to do a hundred. Mm. Uh, it does cause an issue, but you know there's the, the, that bit of respect where someone just looks at you and goes, "Well, they caught me." So I'll just back off and let them go. Um, that, that's not hard to determine at all. I had a thing. I had a thing come across my desk today, which absolutely blew me away. Blew me away because they had to do it, right? Well, they thought it was necessary to do it, but then it made sense to me. And I actually think that we should put a page like this in Truck and Life. I really do. Let me tell you about it. It's the Dalton Highway. Now, do we know where the Dalton Highway is? No. I do not, no. It is It, it is one of the things that turns into an ice road, mate. Oh, in sorry, North in North, North America. America. Yes, sorry, I in thought North you were talking America. Australia. Yep. No, yep, it's I do. The, the Dalton Highway, right? Yep. Now, they have got a page which is in that, which, which every driver gets handed to them when they go to work on the Dalton Highway. You've got a trucking company that runs up and down the Dalton Highway. You're expected to have one of these. Every driver is supposed to have one, right? And it's because they've got so many new blokes coming up there to work, the lure of the ice road, the lure of running up the Dalton, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. And it tells you where all the primary sleeping pullouts are, the where you can pull over and sleep. It tells you about what you're supposed to do when. Listen to their instructions for when you roll by pullouts. You're supposed to roll past quietly where drivers are sleeping. Turn your jakes off. Off. Keep the turbo unspooled. Keep your lights dim, and keep your speed low and steady. Common sense stuff. Common all this. Ro- all this road etiquette that we talk about. The Dalton Highway etiquette, shoot, it's called. Yogi talks about how we've lost our road etiquette in Australia all the time. And he's 100% correct. So they've got things on here telling you what channels to be on and, and uh, where to call, what equipment and tools and supplies you should have with you, how to run safely on the whole road, what gear you should have in the truck, uh, when you're utilising pilot cars, what the rules are around pilot cars, who has right away in different places on the road. 
And then there's the small courtesies, like don't follow too closely. Don't follow uphill closely. Roll off hills cautiously. Assume you will need to stop. Hold back dropping off hills and allow others to go past you if they're travelling faster than you. What about that? Wouldn't that be nice? Um, use pullouts when putting your chains on, etc. And then there's a whole heap of unwritten rules that they've decided that they should write about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, allow for proper spacing between trucks set up to meet the traffic, especially on blind corners and hills. The uphill traffic has right away. Loaded traffic has right away. Adjust your speed when meeting oncoming traffic, etc., etc., etc. I think we should do a sheet like this in Truck and Life that tells people what the bloody road etiquette is. I know that we might be preaching to the converted a lot of times, but honestly, sometimes some of this stuff needs to be spelled out so some people understand it. Well, you, you see on some of the highways they do have call points and things like that, so yep, yep, it's it's not. Um... It's not hard to believe that we we couldn't do that with some more things like what UHF channel you should be on on certain highways. It seems to still be a, a hard one for people to work out between the Pacific and and that. It's a bone of, it's a bone of contention, isn't it? It, it is. Should we be on twenty nine or should we be on channel forty? Yeah. I don't know. But but certainly the um, you, you know on on roads, I think it's up north there near Mount Gart and that. There's a few roads up there that. They've got quite clearly marked, like what, what calls, where you are, and what you need to call. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, well, course. all I can say is when I when I was running up up in the uh, up in the Pilbara, all of the trucks had numbers on them, so that you could call the number of the truck, so that you made sure that you had the right one. Uh, but also, when you go in and out on the hall roads, particularly Royal Road and things like that from Oski, um, there were call points along there where you needed to to call in and, and let people know what you were doing. Mm. I'm hearing a buzzing uh, number. We've got someone trying to call in, have we? Let's see who it is, eh? Well, yeah, why not? Take, take a, um, a, a, a random here. Why not? Just trying to get them in here. It's not... Um... Make sure that you tell them they're live on the air because it's a dollar if you swear. Yeah, I know that. I think we've missed the missed the. Call. My, doesn't matter. My my bill's worth. I'm up to about a thousand bucks now. <laughs> All mm. right. Anyway. But you know, I just think it. I think it's wildly uh, wildly amusing that they see it's necessary to put something like that out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I do think that we probably. We could probably consider doing it. Yeah. It's one of those things that we, you know, everyone has a whinge and a bitch and a moan about people coming here to drive from other places. Mm-hmm. That's never going to change. It's not going to change. And, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, they're talking about there's a driver shortage in Australia. I don't, I don't believe that there is a driver shortage personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there, you know, there's a, there, there may be a, a quality driver shortage, that may be true, but you know the, the the reality of that is is that the companies that employ the drivers, in my view, have a responsibility to know that the people they're employing are able to go and do the job. And something like this little cue sheet of this is how we do things in Australia um, might be a good idea. Mm. 
because there's a certain few people that could, and they're not all, they're not all, uh, they're not all um, brown people that need to. Yeah. We just got this call again. We'll just... Yep, have a try. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll get it. We just missed it there. We'll merge the call. G'day, who we got there? Ah, uh, Caleb. How are you guys going? Good on, mate. Caleb, good on you, mate. How are you? You're live on the air, buddy. Don't let the tranger go or you'll get a fine from Tina. Ah, that's all right. I can live with that. Ah. <laughs> right, hey, what's going on, mate? Um, just listening to you guys talk um, about uh, uh, what the authorities on the Dalton Highway there have put out. Um, all well and good to put it in the magazine, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but yep. most of that stuff that's mentioned there and is common sense to anyone. Absolutely agree. 100%, mate. 100% correct. Yeah. But the, the best way we can go about that, and we've talked about it on, or you guys have talked about it on the show before, proper mm. driver education. Make sure yes. people get their licences the right way. Not just spend two grand for two days in a truck with an instructor and off you go. Agree. You expecting an argument at any point here, are you, mate? <laughs> yeah. What's that, sorry? I said, are you expecting an argument from me at any point here, are you, mate? It's, um... Nah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, go on. It's certainly one of those things where we don't we don't have enough education in that space on, on those sorts of things. And yeah. maybe local, but... local governments should do a lot more too in this signposting on how they do things. <laughs> So, Caleb, seeing as how you're a little bit anonymous, mate, we've been talking about the NHVR and what they're trying to do. What do you yeah. think about, I mean, you're obviously out on the road, mate, what do you think about what goes on with the NHVR? Do you have much contact with them? Have you? Uh, I mostly run up and down the Bruce Highway at the moment between Brisbane and Townsville. So There's any, your any, um, any Any interaction I have is with Queensland Transport. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I'll say is they get high and mighty about, um, and especially their attitude when you're dealing with them, they get a bit high and mighty and they think that they're wearing a uniform, that they're a little bit better than you. Yeah. Um, I, I can't cryogenic gas, and I was at the um, Leafbrook Pads just south of Possipine um, probably about six months ago, and the EIP on my trailer says, Refrigerated argon liquid. Right. And old mate asked me how it all happens and everything, and I explained it to him. But he couldn't understand how I keep the gas cool without a fridge motor because the, because the sticker on the side of the trailer said it was refrigerated. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and th this is after he's been kicking my tyres and trying to show me um, how I could write my logbook out better and all that kind of thing. And yep. I was like, well, I don't tell you how to do your job, you know, because God forbid, um, you know, and I'll say that interaction wasn't too bad. Like, you know, I, I, I walked away without a blister or anything like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Queen, Queensland Transport, anything I've done with that, they can be rather high and mighty about yeah. um, how they carry on. Another example is it wasn't even out on the road, and it wasn't me, it was another one of my colleagues. He'd hooked his trailer up in the yard, again a gas tanker, and we've got a we've got a yard across the road from our workshop that's our trailer yard, and there's a big yep. dirt island in the middle of it in Townsville. Yep. 
my co- yeah, my workmate, he'd hooked his trailer up. He parked it out on the island because he went, he left something in the office he had to go get. Yep. And when he walked back out, a transport unit had driven past and done Yui and was standing in front of the truck and then had decided to walk into the office and have a go at the boss saying, you can't have your tanker parked out there unattended because it's DG. There you go. Hey. You know, and at, at that time, you know, um, I think I was hooking up my trailer. And this is about 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. I was hooking my trailer up in the yard. There was one bloke on the wash pad, and there was the mechanic walking around out the front of the workshop and all that kind of thing. Explain to me how that trailer's unattended. Oh. Well, right. uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. You, when it comes down to splitting airs with stuff like that, Strictly according yeah. to the letter of the law, the bloke's probably correct. But when it, it, when it comes down... To, yeah, well, more than likely, probably is. But when it comes down to whether the thing's... It's not under direct... It's under direct observation. I mean, there's no one going to get into it that you don't know and That's crack right. off with it. But then there yeah. are rules about how far away you should be and whether the keys are in the ignition and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not getting down to measure and tape to get into that argument. The, yeah. the, the problem, the problem with it is, is that you know you, you you sort of get into these areas where some blokes seem to enjoy their job a little bit more than others, and that sounds that's like right, one yeah. of those occasions to me. But uh, yeah. having said that, having said that, I mean, let's face it, mate. I, I can't DG for a living. You probably know that. Yep. So you know we do have to play our game a little bit sharper. And correct, yeah. um, and unfortunately, sometimes, I mean, you and I both know that uh, there's a big difference between the blister that you can get for leaving an unattended DG vehicle and um, and maybe someone walking over and chipping you for leaving it unattended. So, I mean, I could see both sides. How do you feel yeah. about the TMR, though, changing over to the NHVR? Do you think that that's going to change things at all? I think it, I think it will. Um, because like the like occasionally I do run down your way to Port Kembla, um, yep. when when they're out of product here at Buller Island or they're having a shutdown. Um, yep. and I I have been into Halfway Creek once, and yep. that was since they since New South Wales changed to NHBR. Um, mm-hmm. and they are a lot better behaved than I remember than um years ago. So, um, you know, like they they were. It was, it was definitely more like they, you know, they they did they take the tires and the lights and all that kind of thing. Had a quick flick through my book. Mm. Probably probably only they probably only checked the um like that crick's worth of pages like from me out of Townsville down to there and back. Yeah. Um, you know, and he didn't find anything wrong, and um, you know, that took him five minutes. But then we spent ten minutes because he said, "Oh, if you want to ask me any questions." Because the inspection's over before you tear off. If you if you if you're unsure about anything, now's the time to ask. Yeah. You know, um, I can't remember what we talked about, but you know, I did ask him a few questions about um, the, the way 24 hour periods work now, and he's like, "Well, yeah, yep. you're doing it right." Um, yep. And, and he said, he said, and he said to me, he couldn't understand um, back in the bad old di- bad old days why they used to count backwards when we worked forwards in the book anyway. Mm. Yeah. So uh, overall, you've, your experience that you've had with the NHBR now is probably a little bit more 
positive than it has been in the past. Yeah, that's right. And per- personally, as far as NHVR taking over TMR, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. But, Are you? Yeah, like it'll, it'll, it'll be good to um, be good to experience a different flavour, and I'm crossing my fingers and hoping it's better. Mm. Well, I had a question there come up before about that new Weybridge at Burpen, Gary. And they're, and they're saying that, that the rumour is that that's going to run like they run it at Maroolan. Yeah, that's reckon? definitely the way the signage is set up, especially for um, northbound there. Um, yeah. But I've been scratching my head because obviously it's not been working for the last nine months or more. Um, yeah. Because they've had the original northbound bridge closed up. You um, you can't get you physically can't get in there in a truck anymore. Um, right. But you've got a couple of k's out if you're heading north. Um, you've got the trucks must use left lane sign. Um, yes. It'll say truck. The first one will say merge, trucks must merge to left lane, and then the next sign after that is trucks must be in left lane. And it, I, I assume because I've never seen them. Well, actually, I have seen them flashing. I should say. That's still the old signs with the magenta lights on them. Mm. And my understanding is is that you've only got to be in that left lane if those lights are flashing. That's right. Yeah, right. You, 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 crawl, you crawl up the hill um, past the back of the sawmill there or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But unlo- unlike in New South Wales where it's quite obvious, especially uh, Chindra, and uh, Mount White and all that, where it's quite obvious of like with electronic signs that they want you to go in there. There's no overhead sign like what's at Mount White southbound there saying all trucks must exit or if they're picking and choosing and all that kind of thing. There's no overhead sign there. So my guess is, is everyone goes in there and sort of similar to what you do at Mount White where you just run over the plate and then they'll say if, you know, if you run over the plate and you spike their interest, they'll tell you to come into the shed. Um, yeah. I suspect it will be a similar thing, whereas you just you just drive past them and it'll still be a bit Queensland style where old mate will come and stand in front of you in the middle of the lane and point at you and then point at the waiver. Yeah. Um, the, but the problem how they correct off the highway, I'm not sure because there's... Yeah. What looks like to me to be one of the um, uh, variable speed limit sign, an LED sign that looks very similar to the variable speed limit ones that are popping up these days. Um, yeah. Whether that's got an arrow in it, and that's what if you see the arrow, you go in. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I go past it once a week minimum, and I look, I slow down, and I look at it, trying to work it out. So that way, when it goes live, I'm not going to make an ass of myself. Um, yeah. But I scratch, I, every time I drive past it, I scratch my head more. It's it's very well, unclear on how it's going to work because I, I've been up there yeah. a couple of times and I, you sort of, at, if you looked at the signage of the way it is right now, before yeah. you would even know that you're supposed to be in there, you've already gone past the exit to that. Stuff. Yeah, that's right. My my big qualm with it at the moment is is if that way if the way bridge is open and they want to do inspections. You have to use the same exit that normal traffic will use for that Burpen Gary exit to That's go to the roundabout. Right, yeah. But 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 it's not finished yet, and the signage isn't there, so we don't know. We don't know That's how right. it's going to go. But um, 
the drama I see there is is you'll have cars mixing with trucks at, at those slowdown speeds, and we all know what that's like. So that's, yeah. in my mind, that's a, that's a big accident waiting to happen. And then yeah. the cars will want to continue to the left to go to the roundabout there to go into Birkengarry, but you keep crossing, if you're in a truck, going to the Weybridge, it looks like to me that you cross over the lane to go into the Weybridge. Mm. Well, that's so a right. challenge, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, to me, it just like Craig just said, it's not... 100% finished yet, but every time I start past it, I scratch my head about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, when you go southbound on the on the gateway there, um, you do have that situation where you've got guys that go past the Weybridge on that one. And it's oh, right, the rain, yep. Yeah, the, the, clear, the, the, the signs clearly say that, you know, you must be in the left-hand lane and all that sort of thing. I, you know, I do my best to get over when I've been up there to set the rare times that I go up there these days to be yep. over in the left-hand lane. People won't, they don't, A, they don't want to let you across, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so if you were someone that's not used to driving through there and you see the sign and you're out in the yep. right lane, from the time yeah. you see yeah. the sign and you're in the right lane to the time you might be able to get across is a bit of an issue. Mm. But the other yeah, part about it, is that, I mean, it's a little bit like the uh, the uh, bloody, you know, sky's falling, you know, or the boy who cried wolf. I mean, the bloody thing's rarely open, if ever. And, yeah, that's uh, right. But the, but the signs say you must be in the left lane. And I don't think people realise that when a sign says you must be in a left lane, if there's a camera there to catch you in that third lane, you are wrong. Uh, and well, you're in they, trouble. They've got that. They've got that camera there at rifle range for that too. But mm. in the past, and I've witnessed it, they occasionally will have a highway patrol officer on his motorcycle. Yeah. And they'll say, "Hey, that truck there was not in the lane, or is um, failed to pull into the way bridge after him." And that's what they do. The old mate on the bike will chase you down. But mm. and especially there at rifle range, you you've got to if because. Obviously, like what, um, especially the boys on Coffee Southbound say a bit, you know, if you get, blow past Mount White, go down to the next exit, come round, and then go back one exit to come back to the Weybridge you went past. Yeah, and that's a bit that's a bit tricky there at um, rifle range. You've got a you've got a couple of k to go down the road to the next exit. Then yep. I could be wrong, but you've got to stuff around a bit at that exit to get back northbound. And then yeah. it is definitely more than a few k's drive. Like you almost go all the way back to the Gateway Bridge before you can um, yeah. turn around and come back south again, I believe. But rifle range is only left lane when the lights are flashing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're flashing. The like, they're flashing. But like the sign says must, though, doesn't it, Greg? No, no, no. Rifle range. Rifle range. You only need to be in the left lane if the lights are flashing, and they're about two k's prior as well. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know completely, but I can tell you, I've been in the right-hand lane many times, going past rifle range when the lights aren't on, and never received anything. So. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you, Craig. As as far as I'm aware, you only have to merge in Queensland. You only have to merge to the left lane if the uh, purple lights are flashing, flashing on that yep. line. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. I, I've gone past there in the middle lane and been sweating bullets because I couldn't get across to the left. Mm. But having said that, it wasn't open at the time either. 
Mm. So you go yeah. past and you go, oh, yeah, and breathe a sigh of relief, you know. Another argument for national regulation. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, um, they all mean the same I, I, I've, I've been in the same basket as you before, Mike, where the first, the first time I come down from Townsville to Brisbane to load, I'd come in and I loaded and I was on my way back out that morning and um, yeah. uh, I, I crested the hill there at Bourbon Gary. I was like, oh shit, that's the sawmill. And um, I was in the middle lane, and I look, I, I was like, I've got no hope of getting um, back into that left lane. And then, um, yeah, I was rather concerned that I, you know, I just, um, I just done that trip for um, Artie Palaget. Yeah, you know, <laughs> go, go give her my wage because I didn't, you know, I didn't get in the fucking left hand lane. Oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> Tell you what, Spread, yeah, yeah. lawless show tonight. You all need to learn yeah. how to not swear. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're, we're heading for the top of the hour. We need to probably rein it in a little bit. We're actually right on it now. And um, yeah, Caleb, thanks for your call. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks Caleb. Great to talk yeah. to you. Yeah, Drive safe, no all right, mate. We might run the news a couple of minutes late, but um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Caleb, for calling in. Um, I don't want to cut you off, but we're going to have to. <laughs> But, no, that's all right. Yeah. Time spots and all that kind of thing. <laughs> no worries. So, yeah, be good. Stay safe out there. And um, we just need to talk to Paul a little bit here quickly. And, and yeah. then we'll move Sometimes on. an hour is not enough, is it? Oh, some days. But thanks, Caleb. We'll talk to you soon. No worries. Catch ya. Cheerio. So, Paul. So, there, there's a bit of real world. Insight again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, you, you, we, you, you know, like like real world coal face insight into the job. That mm. the, the young fella's clearly trying to do the right thing. Um, he, he's he's clearly you know you can pick that he's he's serious and passionate about his job. He's trying to do the right thing, and yet he's finding himself in a situation where he's going. Holy crap! I'm going to lose my week's pay because he's in the wrong, the wrong damn lane. Like we, we, you know, we need to fix this. It, it's, it's just not good enough. Yeah, we do. So, so do you? Do you guys want to go for another twenty minutes here, or what do you want to do? We can go for a little bit longer if you want to. Because Paul did send us something here earlier that, um, yeah, we're talking about supermarkets. Right, eh? Does that? I'm happy if Brother Bear Journey wants to worship a little bit longer at the altar of transport. I'm quite happy to sit here and pray. Yeah. The, the, the altar of honesty. Oh, I just think it's worthy of, of talking about the, the supermarket stuff here and where the, where the transport right. industry sits. But what I would like to do is just go to a song. Right. And, and then we'll come back to that. Um, you, right. you happy with that, Paul? Yeah, that's fine. No worries at all. Right, mate. We'll just go to the song and a bit of Luke Bryan. About country. Ah, yeah, nice. Yeah. We'll be right back, everyone. We'll just play a tune. You know you got everybody looking. Got a little boom in my big truck. Gonna open up the doors and turn it up. Gonna stomp my boots in the Georgia mud. Gonna watch you make me fall in love. Get up on the hood of my daddy's tractor. Up on the toolbox, it don't matter. Down on the tailgate, girl, I can't wait to watch you do your thing. Shake it for the young bucks sitting in the honky tonks for the red. 
your mind. So come on over here and get in my arms. Spin me around this big old barn. Tangle me up like grandma's yarn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake it for the young fellas sitting in the honky tongs. For the rednecks rocking till the break of dawn. For the DJ spinning that country song. Come on, come on, come on. Shake it for the bears. Shake it for the bees. Shake it for the catfish swimming down deep in the creek. For the crickets and the crickets and the squirrels. Shake it to the moon. Shake it for the girl. Girls, country girls. They're shaking it for somebody, Paul. What do you think about that? Oh, he's uh, he goes all right, Luke Bryan. Bit, mm. bit of American bro country. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. Nothing wrong with that, Craig. Way better than any top forty pop that you can put on the radio. Wow. All right, I'm, I'm impressed. Good, good How to see, you? and I'm feeling pretty happy now that I've I've impressed Paul BG. Wow. It's a big ask. It's oh, a big challenge, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, it's, it's like, it's like washing one of my trucks. It's like washing one of my bonnet of trucks with a stone guard. Mm. It's a big what, ask. Mate, I, I, I couldn't work for you, seriously. I've seen photos of that bloody black and red 900 of yours. <laughs> and, and seriously, dude, you're, there's, something, there's something wrong with you. I think you're mentally unstable. I think... Yes, yeah, I won't disagree with that. In terms of the fact that no one can work for him either. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Paul? Well, we had that discussion. I have come to terms with that, that it's completely my fault. Mm. Yes, and we did There's talk something about some other words that explained you in that situation, but mm. obviously not suitable for anybody else to hear. No, no, so we, we've, you, 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 you've got me doing overtime. This had better be good. That's all I can say. You're on overtime. I am now, oh, yeah. That's right. just... You're in the unicorn job, but you actually get paid overtime. <laughs> Welcome to the new award, Michael. Welcome to the new award. Yeah. 
you just do what you do and we'll pay you whatever we feel like. How about that? So are you saying we've all joined... Have we all joined the media and arts alliance in? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it Well, I've been in an abusive relationship with the transport industry for many years. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't see why we should change now. You just work your ass off and we'll just pay you whatever we feel like. Yeah. It sounds like crap to me. So I just <laughs> wanted to touch on something you sent out there today, Paul, about supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go. I've seen I've seen some stuff and I do find it amusing that the the Prime Minister and even the the new Premier of Queensland have come out and they're they're holding the supermarkets to account. I'm watching this closely, Craig. I am watching this very closely. And and the level of laughter inside I can't I can't, I can't let any of it out because it's just, yeah, you, you can't contain it, really. But it, it's interesting that the government thinks they have any kind of control on this whatsoever. Mm. What the, the people who have the biggest control over any of this, the price gouging and blah, blah, blah from supermarkets, is the consumer itself. Don't, don't buy overpriced goods and we'll, we'll start to fix this. But, mm. but what, I, what I really want to talk about is that now that we've they've started an inquiry into mm. the, the the price difference between what the growers getting and what the supermarkets charging, mm-hmm. the transport industry is gonna get a fair hit on this as saying it's it's transport costs. Yeah. So yeah. What what consumers need to be aware of at this point is plain and simply, it's not. The, it's not real. That's not true. So the, no. the transport costs have not changed, and if anything, in the last six months, the the biggest retailers have driven those transport costs down even further. Even, I, I was going to politely correct you on that, Craig, when you said they haven't changed, because they have changed. They've actually gone down. Yeah. yeah. And that have gone down. That is oh. in despite of um, the biggest refrigerated transport company in Australia going broke in the last few mm-hmm. months. So, mm-hmm. if if you're a consumer and you want to stomach this rhetoric that the reason your goods are so expensive is because of transport, you're being lied to, and you're being lied to by the people that are selling you the goods. In the 100%. supermarket. So, 100%. just to Can get, I get... On the front foot there and say, don't be fooled by what the retailers are saying or by retailers' associations. Can I? Can I just chime in now? I've got this. There's been a bit of a war going backwards and forwards on Twitter today about this, mm-hmm. and, and I actually say this because I was going to bring this up. Our uh, the honourable uh, David Limbrick MP. Uh, got on here and he and and and, and he's been answering tweets. Councillor Steve Holland's had a bit of a say. Him and Limbrick have been going backwards and forwards, and of course they've all been carrying on. You know what? The way they reckon that we can reduce the cost of living and supermarket prices is. You know what their answer is? Oh, this is going to be. This will be fascinating. It's going to be. They're saying remove the fuel excise. That's their answer. <laughs> oh, God. So. 
Limbrick has said, and I quote, Limbrick has said, and I quote, for every litre of petrol or diesel you put in your car, you pay almost 50 cents in excise tax and then pay GST on top of it. Cutting excise would instantly lower cost of living for families as well as lower the cost of distribution. Just about everything that you buy at the supermarket. Well, it wouldn't be just about everything. It would be everything. <laughs> it's time for the government to stop price gouging. Cut the fuel excise tax. This is David Limbrick, uh, Limbrick's um, answer to the whole thing. Now, here's the... There's a libertarian MP for South East Metro. What does um, that even mean? It's in Victoria. He's a libertarian. Liber libertarian. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, what a libertarian is, is their small government... Um, That'd be I actually, I'm actually a libertarian. Local government thing, or what's that? No, no, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, federal politician, I think. A federal politician? I think he might be a federal politician, Limbrick. Right, I think he might be an idiot. We'll go, he might be state. We'll have to go back further to the recordings and find this, because this anyway, libertarian needs to um, probably come to a conference in a couple of weeks. Councillor, Councillor Steve Poke, uh, Councillor Steve Holland, they said Senator Pocock, our old mate Mr Pocock, wants the supermarkets to tell customers how much they paid the farmer for the apple they just bought and, they'd like, and he'd like businesses to start itemising all taxes on the receipt, like GST. That might wake a few people up about where their money's really going. Right. So, <clears throat> Mr Pocock, um, it's only just <laughs> recently you said that... Uh, the, I the tried to get older, Pocock. The cost of goods into supermarkets and stuff like that wasn't one of your major concerns. Wasn't one of his major concerns. No, I tried to get hold of him mm. for some comment. Yeah. And he, so, had, he had one of his staffers call me back and say he didn't want to talk about it. So if, you, if you're <laughs> one that um, has to live in uh, Senator Pocock's electorate or what are they? Yeah, he's from the ACT. Senator Pocock um, from the ACT. Yeah. Just... Maybe you need to start ringing your your senator and mm. um, giving a bit of insight into why the costs of goods are so high. But he, he actually didn't give a damn here a um, couple of weeks no. ago, Mike. Isn't that correct? He did not give a damn yep. about it. Yep. Um, so the cost of living so, wasn't one of his priorities. Well, no, no. He said to me it wasn't one of those things that was front of mind. That's mm. what he must quote. The only quote them when they're being idiots, you've got to say so. Um, you've got to get it correct. Um, so someone else has piped up and said, we should introduce a fuel escalator, set the price they take as a tax it based on the average cost of a litre on a yearly budget, so the average is, say, $1.80, and set the tax at that. Why is it everyone's a freaking expert on all this sort of stuff on social media? I don't understand. Hmm. But, uh, you know, there are other things that they tax the absolute crap out of. You know who's the most addicted to alcohol and tobacco? The bloody government. Mm. I mean, you know, we, we demonise people for having a beer and having a smoke, but the people that are making the money out of all this, the government. Mm. And then, of course, they go and they give it away all over the place. And the reason why we've got a crap piece of road at Maroolan, which is a federal highway, right, is because they can't have the money, they don't have the money to fix it. We'd rather give it to someone else. I'm not going because to say they mismanage it, Mike. They mismanage, they mismanage our money. They couldn't manage I, it. I, 
I am not. I am serious. Hand on my heart, as serious as a heart attack. And I've said this before on this on this podcast, on this radio station. I am not against paying tax. I am truly not. What I am against is them mismanaging the tax they take off me. Well, it, right. yeah. well, we do. We all need to pay tax. We all we all drive on. Of course, we, we do. Send all our right. kids to school. We expect that a hospital system's going to work for us. But you're dead right there when you say that the amount of money we give them is is mismanaged. And you know, I, I've I've walked the walked the halls of of some some places where the government officials are, and I'll tell you what, they yeah, they need to spend the money more wisely. They get plenty no, of it. It's just not. Now, now we're, we're talking about the big supermarkets, we're talking about the growers, and we're talking about the cost of living. You both know the, loca- the locality that I live in. Yep, as is. Now, there is a major company called the, 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 the locality that I live in, and then the second is farming company. They are one of the biggest growers in Queensland for the major supermarket that starts with the W. Mm-hmm. They have just changed carriers out of the major packing shed down here from the road from our property. They have changed major carriers from one to the other mm-hmm. and the rate has gone down 25%. 25%? It has gone down 25%. Mm. Someone's cut the rate 25%. And yet the price of the produce they grow at that supermarket that starts with the W, I guarantee will not go down 25%. Mm, that's right. So so when when is it that all these major retailers are going to own every trucking company in Australia? Well, I agree one hundred percent with that. You know, there was there was the big there was a big blow up over Coles, which you know in Queensland there was a big blow up over that, led by my goose brother that ran the Transport Workers Union, and they were all cracking on about you know Coles and this and Coles and that, and you know driving down freight rates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I could not agree with you more, Craig. One hundred thousand percent. If it is so easy. If it is so easy to manage and make money out of transport, then it is time for our two major retailers to buy their own fleets. The reason reason they don't do that is because they use their um, biopoly or binopoly, whatever the correct word is, power. They've got a monopoly split in half. I can't think of that correct terminology, but they're using that power to drive freight rates down. So, and that is all they do. Yeah. So technically, if they put their own trucks on every bit of freight that they did, it, it should be cheaper for them. You'd think. But you would actually, think. But it's actually cheaper for them to send small companies, medium-sized companies, and the largest refrigerated transport company in Australia. Mm-hmm. Broke, broke. So that's well, correct. That's, that's the better value for them. So yes, but but they always put it back to it's the costs of freight or it's the the farmers' prices to deer. Whatever. I have not seen a major supermarket 
go broke? No, ever. When, when was the last time Scott's refrigerated bailed out coals? Correct. Well, well. To get, to get their stuff to the shop. There was a number of reasons why Scott's went broke and the fact that they had some stupid contract with some of the biggest uh, road freight users in the country was one of them. But, you know, the other part of it was just mismanagement and 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 basically, you know, there's a lot of reasons why Scott's went broke. You can't blame... I'm not defending Coles or Woolies or Aldi or any of them, right? As far as I'm concerned, they're all rogues. They screw the farmers. Well. They screw everyone. They even screw their own customers. Mm. But you know, but, but superannuation funds have played a big role in sending some of these major um, transport companies broke. Mm. I'm sure someone someone made a lot of money out of it somewhere along the way. But mm. uh, uh, the the um, what happened to Scotts and you know a few of these others that have been taken over by investment funds. Mm. It's it's a drop in the ocean compared to what else they invest in, so they don't care. And yeah, it's a well, I can just imagine how old mate Trevor Warner he'd be sitting there, he'd be tearing his freaking hair out at the moment, he'd be screaming, he'd be arguing the problem with himself about whether he should call in because an extra cent on a couple of kilo, a kilo of bananas, mm. you know, which would make absolutely nothing to the customers, would be enough to make sure drivers and companies got paid what they should get paid. That's right, 100%. So, yeah. But there are, are ways around this, and there's this. I've got a message here from Mick, uh, Mick Pepper. Like, yeah. I buy fruit and veg from our local market. And I know Mick a phone call too. And, that's, and that is actually one of the best ways you can circumvent some of this stuff. Buy yeah. your fruit and veg from a, a local vendor, buy your meat mm. from a butcher. Do not buy meat from a supermarket. The supermarket. Don't buy meat from your supermarket. Mm. Like you, and we'll, we'll give this one a plug here. Uh, Paul, because it, it is, it's a local business of ours. Uh, they're people that I've dealt with in the past. But it's not, not only that, it's a business that I believe in. It's a model that I think is fantastic, and it's our cow. If, if, you're, if you're thinking about buying meat tomorrow, um, ourcow.com.au, just mm-hmm. go in there, buy it, they'll deliver it to your door. And, and I will say this, that we're not, they're not a company that advertises with us. They probably nope. should, but they should. <laughs> but their business model is one that we we need to follow and promote in this country. Like support local business, support people that aren't multinationals. It's you know just what you need to do. It's um, yeah. you, you can buy you can buy everything online now with, from local suppliers, cleaning products, a whole lot. Like you know. Just, just have a look around. You don't have to go to the supermarket. You don't have to. You, you can. There is some effort in it, and we're all busy. And so many households now, you know, both parents work, kids are at daycare. It and and the supermarkets have lulled us into that. Mm. That you know, we feel it's necessity, and and let's face it. At the end of the day, Coles and Woolworths don't care. What the what they care about is share prices. Having the shareholders be happy, having having return on investment, they they don't care about the customer, they don't care about the grower, they don't care about the transporter, they care about profits and nothing else. Well, the other part about it too, I mean, you have a look at what the buyers do, 
And I, I mean, I've had experience of talking to growers uh, of, of fruit and veg and things like that. The, the buyers that go and they buy the, the produce to put in the supermarket shelves reject a lot of stuff, which the farmers end up having to ultimately destroy or get rid of in some way because it doesn't look quite right. Mike, those um, buyers, those buyers are criminals. They should be criminally charged for the way they conduct themselves in business. Do you want, do you want to hear how, how far it goes from there, Mike? Go ahead, tell me, mate. You Enlighten talk me. about this rejection. Yep. So someone rejects a load of apples or yeah. whatever. Where do they go when they get rejected? Well, they end up in landfill, I suppose. No, they don't. Do you know where they end up? No idea. Tell me. In the supermarket. Right. How does that happen? They reject them. They put a they put a um, a gauge on it and say, well, those bananas don't suit what we're selling, or those apples, or whatever. Where, where they, they don't all end up in landfill. Some do, but a lot of this stuff ends up back in the supermarket as a discounted product or something else. And sometimes the growers had to virtually give it to them. Because mm -hmm. they've rejected it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Maybe I should angle and measure the angle on my bananas and make sure you Queenslanders so, have done the job properly. They're so, bent properly. Yeah. So some of this will people will be would be speechless and say that couldn't possibly happen. I'm feeling a bit that way at the moment, mate. So so you you pull up and Paul, I, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but you pull up somewhere and they reject a load of freight, but say. But yeah, we don't we don't really want it, but we'll we'll take it, but at a heavy discount. Well, Craig, we have here personally we have fed half ton plastic bins of baby spinach to our cattle mm. that have been re that have been rejected by one of the major supermarkets, mm. and there is nothing wrong with it. Yep. But it is tempting at an incorrect temp. And and I went through this when I was carrying bananas to Perth out of North Queensland. What would happen there is the buyer would buy the bananas at a certain cent per kilo on a Sunday. And because it took us four days and four nights to get to Perth, the market might drop. The price may drop. So the first thing they would do when we got to Perth is they would tempt the bananas and try and basically get out of buying them. Mm. So we uh, we fitted part low recorders to all our fridge vans, yep. which was the best thing we ever did. So it's basically for, for the listeners that don't know what they are, that's essentially a tachograph card that sits on the, a tachograph co uh, uh, recorder that sits on the front of the fridge van, and you would make the, the agent sign that card, and the card would show, you know, between 12 and a half and 13 and a half degrees for four days and four nights, and the buyers at Woolworths and Coles hated those cards. Mm -hmm. They hated them because they couldn't get out of buying the fruit that they wanted to because the price had dropped in four days and four nights. Yeah. Mm. But if you're a consumer and you went in to buy them, you probably still get the same banana that someone may have rejected and paid diddly squat. Precisely. Um, Precisely. But... They'll still pass them off in the supermarket, and they might just exactly discount right. them just a smidge because yep. they look a little yeah. bit different. But yeah, well, I've always I've always had trouble 
I mean, I, I only spent a very small amount of time towing fridge vans because I just could not put up with the bullshit, Paul. Mm. Uh, the, the, the absolute mm. bullet that, that just drove me mental. I was going to, mm. you know, I was going to neck someone, which is, you know, I suppose unused people probably might find that difficult to believe that I might lose my rag and tell someone what I really think. That's that's, um, no. that's unbelievably. I, I don't, Mike. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know people have got trouble with that. So and this is one of the reasons why I didn't run market, mate. I just couldn't cope with it. But they would sit you there and they'd want this stuff, and then they'd make you sit there with the fridge motor running. For hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, uh, because they didn't have room to put it in their shed. Yeah, but you've got to sit there, and then it, it costs the bloke who owns the fridge, the, the, the transport company, money to have you sitting. Well, to have you sit there, whether he's paying you as a driver, and I wasn't getting paid to sit around in those days either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole the, the whole thing, the whole the whole model's broken, mate. That's just my opinion. We need to change it. What I find amusing mm. is that the the federal government has now come out, and mm. and the Queensland government having some belief that they are going to change the behaviour of oh, the two majors. Of the two majors, like, you know, it, there'll be a phone call tomorrow from someone going, you know, you, you do realise who we are, like, you know, mm-hmm. we are, you know, I'm I'm a big big yeah. retailer here. And, and they will all of a sudden be like, oh, it's not as bad as we thought it once was, you know. And, and and this is why I'm trying to get on the front foot here because it will come out and I'll guarantee you a major retailer association will come out and say we would love to be able to change the price of goods on the supermarket shelf but the cost of transport is too high. So we're we going to hold our breath and wait for that announcement, are we? Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> It'll be very similar to the, I believe it's around 20. Now, 20 times the ACCC has investigated fuel pricing mm. and come back out and said, no, no, there's no there's, there's no price fixing or gouging in the price of yeah. petrol and diesel in Australia. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, because it's really hard to price fix when... All the fuel comes out of two major ports in Australia. Mm. Who would have thought? You know, yeah. who would have thought? You've got, Man, you've, you've got, fuel, you know, fuel companies that own, you know, everything. You think we well, think we've got a selection there, but we don't. It's, it's all we don't. We do not. Couple. We do not. Well, it's so, quite amazing when you drive around the place and you look at the fuel report on the news on Channel Nine everybody night during the week, and uh, the prices. Can vary by ten to fifteen cents a litre across Sydney. Yeah, uh, when you know the, it's not the transport cost. How does that happen? We're talking to Yogi the other day. So, Paul, we're, me and Yogi were heading to your place on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So I'm driving up there in the big bongo van. I paid two dollars to- with the air conditioning set on zero. Oh, zero. It was at minus minus seventy seven. <laughs> So, I've paid two dollars ten for diesel at Ballina, mm-hmm. which is on a flat road from the Port of Brisbane where the fuel comes from. Mm-hmm. Yogi's paid a dollar seventy eight for diesel at Gore, mm-hmm. which is a lot further from Brisbane, and you've got mm-hmm. to drag it up a big bloody hill. Mm-hmm. How do you work that out? I, I have no, I have no explanation yeah. for it. So, Nothing. 
you know, I was talking to someone the other day, we were talking about fuel prices, and they said fuel prices should be exactly the same at every service station wherever you are in Australia. That's a novel idea. And it's it's it just works on a simple compensation thing like insurance does. So the people in the city pay just a smidge more because they're buying like 80 million litres a day. Wow. Um, so they pay a one-cent penalty to get the fuel to the people in whoop-whoop rural that are... That are um, only buy hundred liters a day. It's all fun. No. It's all. It's not. It's not a communist society. It's just all of us working together as a community to share the share the load, isn't it? Yeah, but Craig, that's called being fair. Mm. <laughs> now let's have we a think we, about we, that, Paul. <laughs> we, that's called being common sense and being fair. And unfortunately, when it comes to corporate greed, mm. that no longer becomes current. Yeah. But what what everyone has to understand is is when you're paying for goods in in a place that's owned or has a biopoly or whatever, and we might call it in Australia you've got, you know, a few other supermarkets and that, but, but in essence it's a it's just a duo. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've been you've been held to ransom on the price of of goods, and and you're paying through the nose for it, and you know, but that you have to hold the right people to account for why the cost of living so high. Yeah. Well, cons consumers, as consumers, we're partly to blame for it. Absolutely, because we we have turned our back on the mum and mum and dad butcher, greengrocer, etc., and and taken the easy, lazy way out for the convenience to go to a supermarket. So we're, we're partly to blame. But then obviously the supermarkets have they've zeroed in on that. And there is a science. There is a science to what they do. Yeah. Um, and if anyone anyone thinks that, and I challenge anyone, and I challenge it, and, and I, I, I invite, I invite every listener of this podcast to watch a movie and now I'm going to fall over here because I can't, I can't recall the, the, um, the title of it. But there, if, if you search it, there is a title of them. There's a movie about the McDonald's story. Yep. The story of McDonald's. Um, the founder, the founder, it is called the founder. It is an amazing movie and it is a true recollection of the rise of McDonald's globally. Mm. Uh, and, and that basically applies to Woolworths, Coles, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, it is all about the science that they employ to suck out us in as consumers to spend more money with them. That is all, it is about nothing but profit, mm. nothing mm. else. Mm. It is just purely about profits. And you, you walk into a supermarket and everything is just strategically placed for you to spend more money. This is why this is why I'm a terrible shopper. I'm an impulse buyer. Mm. You know, so I'll see something wherever they've put it and I'll go, oh, gee, oh, yeah, I need that. And I'll grab that when I go past, which is exactly why it's done the way it's done. So Rose goes shopping on her own? Well, she does. I don't know whether it's because I annoy her off or I, I annoy her. She could probably answer that question. 
mm. or or whether whether it's because I I just add too much extra stuff to the shopping trolley. Mm. I mean, we all have this. I'm sure. I'm sure you both, you gents, have had the dream. You know, as, as kids, we all have the dream: king for a day. If you're a king of your country for your da- for a day, what would you change? One of the things I would do is I would come down on coals and Woolworths like a ton of bricks, and I would force them, force them to have an Australian-made and grown aisle. Mm. So forget that all the cordial is in one aisle, all the coffee, etc. I would force them to have aisles that say these products in this aisle are all produced in this country by an Australian-owned company, and let the consumer, let the consumer make an educated, an educated and informed choice. The trouble is they do not because they bamboozle. Well, all they do is they drive us by price. However, well, if, I've got if phone, they had my some... phone's ringing right now, and it's Dick Smith saying I tried that, buddy. <laughs> God bless Dick Smith. Mm. Well, That's was, all I can say. We, we used to have an Osby guide, and it wasn't the Aussie-made guide. It was Osby. So Osby guide, the little DL guide. Yep, yep. A little book. Yep, so correct. It was it was put out. Um, I think it was free. You could get it. Yes, it was free. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, it had a couple of uh, people that were were against it. Some. Big organisations that were against that guide. Well, against Osby. Yeah. Right, eh? Of course they were. And, yeah, big organisations that most of us buy our groceries from now. Mm-hmm. So that, that guide showed what was Australian made, but it also showed what was Australian owned, mm-hmm. which is a very different thing. So, yes. You know, you, you, I, I love this idea, Paul, when you say you have an aisle um, in in a major supermarket that was was Australian product or Australian-made or Australian-owned. Both, yes. I think, yes. sadly, uh, if it come to Australian-owned... It'll be a very small aisle. I, It'll be a small aisle. I think aisle. I'd struggle to make mm. a, an aisle. Mm. Um, yeah. You know... It, I, I can't believe it. You look at stuff now and you see on the packet and it's got, you know, like 86% of this product was is Australian made and, you, and it's like fresh fruit. And you think, mm. where'd the 13% come from? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. But that, that Osby guide was one of the best things that, that any Australian could live by to mm. to have, you know, a good product you know, support your local farmer, support local industry. Yet there was two big chains that lobbied to remove it. Um, so you could, you could never get it at the checkout at a major supermarket. We, we need, we need, Craig, we, we need transparency. However, again, I think it, it, it's just an empty dream, but we need transparency. For example, let the consumer, yeah, educate the consumer, educate them completely and let them make the choice. For example, we've talked about our cow and a similar business, Little Tuna, with the tuna that comes out of cans. Mm. Not cans as in metal cans, but cans in North Queensland City. Um, you know, put, put on the label the John West tuna that comes out of, out of Thailand 
put on the label that that is possibly a 10-year-old boy working in a factory packaging that, that, that tuna as opposed to the tuna that comes out of Port Lincoln, South Australia or Cairns, North Queensland that is caught and packed by 35-year-old taxpaying Australians. <laughs> make, make that transparent and let the consumer then vote with a conscience to say, I will pay the extra dollar or two for the can of tuna that is not causing a young person to work in substandard, mm. you know, environment, substandard wages. But, you know, th- those those two supermarkets have driven us to purchase via price only. And we are. We are all brainwashed. Mm. We're all brainwashed by and it. And disguise it too because you... They disguise it. You yes. may think, oh, just, I, um, I, can't, I can't find this product that's made in Australia, but I'll find this one that's oh, it's made in New Zealand. Yeah, but it's a disguise on where it actually come from because no one has to 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 tell you that the product that you just bought from New Zealand was actually made in Taiwan. You've obviously dug into that as I have. That 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 law is fascinating, isn't it? They can import New Zealand, can import the produce from Asia, package it in New Zealand, then say it's a product in New Zealand, even though it's not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So. There's so many things there, but I, I suppose one of the key things I'm trying to talk about tonight is that when a, a major <coughs> retailer in Australia says the cost on the shelf is high because of transport, it's a lie. The the, re- it's a lie. the, the consumer needs to understand that that is yeah purely and simply a lie. And, it is a lie, and, and the and that the extent of that as well is that that retailer has probably screwed that transport company to the absolute bare bones to to put that on the shelf and and it's as simple as this that if if it wasn't the case those major retailers would have their own trucks 100% and, absolutely and, and they don't yeah. But if, well, if you're also someone out there as Joe Punter going, oh, but I saw a truck going down the road the other day with, with such and such on the side of it. Guess what? That transport company paid to have that logo on the side of their truck. So they yeah, have had the privilege of going broke. <laughs> the privilege of going Cutting the, the product, cutting the goods. What, I, what yeah. I will say to you is, ages ago on the podcast, I can't remember exactly which podcast it was. Now, I've been looking furiously through my notes while we've been talking. Did you say furiously? Uh, I was so furiously. You've done it with anger. Uh, no, not no, not anger. Just I was furious. furiously searching, as in scratching madly, trying to find my notes because I know that I've got them here somewhere, but I've got that much crap on my computer these days, ridiculous. Tolls adjusted the rates to cart the groceries out of a DC in southeast Queensland um, because they cart the cart the, uh, the the stuff from the DCs down to Casino and all those other mm. spot points of the different stores, and they had all the rates there. And I, you know, I've got all this 
if anyone wants to question, I can probably dig it up and find it. I've been looking at it so I can quote from it, and I can't find it, so I can't quote from it. So they changed the rates. So they adjusted the rates actually down a lot mm-hmm. of times, and it was in an effort to uh, dislodge some of their subcontractors who'd been working for them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Uh, and um, some of the spot rates on some of those pallets, because they were paid pallet rates. Pallet rate, uh, correct. Precisely. Cart that to cart that freight, and uh, they adjusted the prices down. And then they uh, basically sent a letter out to everyone. I've actually got the letter uh, that they sent out to everyone saying, well, these were the new rates, suck it, and, and that's that, basically. Mm-hmm. That was what the letter said. Um, which which goes to show there's probably several moving parts of that whole thing. They probably had, you know, the major saying to the transport company, well, this is what we're going to pay, and that's that. And to me, I can't understand why any transport company tolerates that. You don't tell BP how much you're paying for your fuel. Mm. BP say, well, if you don't want to buy our fuel, don't buy your fuel somewhere else. But this is what you're paying if you buy BP fuel. Yeah. No offence to BP, but that's the reality. They all do it. Your mechanic tells you how much you're going to pay an hour for his services. The government tells you how much you're paying for the registration. <laughs> the insurance tells you how much you're paying for your insurance. No one's got a problem putting their prices up, and yet we're the ones in the transport industry that have to sharpen our pencils. Hey, and be, growers. Wouldn't that be a so good gro- one? Gro- gro- growers and transport companies are price takers, not price makers. Mm. Yep. There and my dear, old, my dear old dad, rest his soul, when he was alive, said if... Uh, National Farmers Federation and the transport industry could somehow join forces as one united body across Australia. They 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 could possibly then become price makers, not price takers. They'd probably yeah. they'd probably rule the country actually. Yeah, and as right. they should, anyway, as they should. There you go. And we're not having a razor back anytime soon. Well, probably probably not. Yeah, well. There, there you go. We've gone like 45 minutes over time. Mm-hmm. And I, while I don't want to wrap it up, we could talk about lots and lots of stuff, mate. Just tell us about what's going on. What's the plan for the road hammers coming back to the lights on the hill? You said you got the email this morning. So what can we look forward to? So very, very early days, but they, they, yeah, they have basically all but booked um, for Lights on the Hill this, well, I guess it'll be October this year at Gutton. Um, I am trying to find out whether there's going to be some, some side shows, but yep. right now, very early days, but I, I'm assuming that the Roadhammers will be headlining on the Saturday night at Lights on the Hill this year in October. Right. Right. Um, if, if you have not seen the Roadhammers live, Get to lights on the hill and watch that show. It will blow your mind. They're pretty good, aren't they? They they are fantastic. There are a few other artists that sort of turn up at lights on the hill as well. So it's not just it's not just them. But um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that, mate. That'll be one will certainly be in my diary. Yes, and they uh, so Jason has told me they they actually are looking to do a documentary. Uh, they right. want to go for they want to go for a ride in a truck. They they wish to attend the memorial and they're looking. So uh, the three of us will have this conversation in the next yes. week or so. They are they are looking for 
businesses to support support the cost of that, as in sponsorship while they're out here. Mm. Uh, so anyone that is interested in getting on board with the road hammers and having that that uh, that mini movie produced, obviously contact Mike, Craig, and myself, and we can we can uh, we can head point you in that direction. How you can be part of that wonderful project, and it will be an amazing project, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Well, they're pretty. They're they're uh, a pretty enjoyable group to listen to. I know I certainly uh, do like a lot of the stuff that they produce, and uh, you know some of the music that they've reproduced, like the girl on the billboard on the soft of the highway. <laughs> you know, there's some of the great songs that they've covered, and uh, some of the stuff that they've got to their own is pretty good as well. So. I never thought it would be possible for someone to cover East Jerry Reed's East Band and Down, cover it and do it justice, <laughs> but they have actually done that, and that is a yeah. big ask. It's, it is a big ask. It's funny when you when you listen to a fair bit of music and you listen to a cover of something and you think, wow, they did that better. Um, mm. But one of the things I found, Paul, when we talk about music and um, people that do covers of things, it's actually better to listen to someone who didn't try to cover it exactly the same. Yes, correct. It's when they try to make make it a bit different or something of their own, not to own the song or or yeah. but just to do it that's a bit different to 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 put their own interpretation of yeah, it. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, mm. but that that'll be exciting, you know. Lights on the hill, road hammers, you know. I'm, I said to Colette earlier mm. on the thing, if you're listening, book, book it in already. Yeah. Or maybe we can stay at Mulgau. We might be all dragging caravans up that big hill. Oh, well, I'll get, you, know, you know there's plenty of room here, young croak. Plenty of room on Mulgau. We just well sleeping down the bottom of the hill. Yeah. In, in the workshop full of trucks. Oh, That's right. Yeah. How lovely. Might be a 900 set, there we can share a bunk in or something. Set the camper trailer up in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh man, oh, what a night! That's good. So yeah, it's certainly event um, we'll be going back to. Yeah, yeah, trucking tr- tr- mm-hmm. We we did um, we did broadcast that night, and I think it was one of the things I would have loved to have had the road hammers on that night. But yeah, we just never never caught up that day to make it happen. But mm, this year may be a very different version. So, yeah. this, this year may be a very very different version. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you've you've uh, you've um, created a certain level of excitement with me, mate. Um, I good. just had a just had a message from someone that said I know a certain photographer that would love to be involved. Well, if they want to pay hey. the money, Michael, they can come along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose we better wrap this bloody show up, and uh, we've had a go at just about everyone. Uh, we, we, we've primed the legal team in case we've got any. I don't think we've libeled anyone, but anyway. Mm. No, nah, and Yogi, if you're sitting there listening tonight, setting up your caravan mm. and having a, you know, get the South Coast Depot all organised, good luck to you, yeah. mate. Thanks for your contributions in the last uh, Well, I haven't, I haven't had the text message from the lawyers of the face plant emoji, so they're obviously happy. The lawyers are happy tonight. So <laughs> the lawyers are happy. <laughs> the lawyers are happy. Dave, Dave. Oh, mate, I tell you what. We're allowed to say what we really think. Freedom of speech is a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, you don't have to agree with us. Or, you know, in fact, I'd love it when people don't agree can get on and say what they think. Mm. 
So, there you go. Do, so. But one one thing we can claim is unbiased and honesty, which the major uh, the major media companies cannot. So bugger them. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and if right. you um, you want to ring in, talk to some blokes here that are. We, I, I won't claim to be authentic because we just are. We've got a few kilometres under the belt, all of us, by the time it comes down to it. And there are, uh, there are, and I don't want to, don't want to harp on it, but there are certain other publications that don't share the, the level of uh, actual real world coal face experience that we have. And, they do uh, not. They do not. And uh, and I, and it's one of the things that I like about what we do because we can talk about it. And the other part about it is if you've got a point of view, and it turns out that you're right, then I'm not opposed to changing. You know, I'll, no. Oh, uh, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can sway me to the point of view, I'll happily say I was wrong. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Goodness knows, I've been wrong a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I was wrong once, but then I discovered. Well, but then the wheel fell off and everything was okay. That's, yeah, well, That's you right. put your own stupid claims out there. I've never been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And then I will say I'm a big liar. Oh, dear. And that's, and that's authenticity. No, I've, so, I've made so don't, mistakes, so yeah. you're all right there. And yeah. Don't forget to get your uh, your uh, bookings in to attend the uh, the um, NRFA conference down in Shepparton on what date is that one, Craig? I can't uh, remember. 10th, the 10th of February, 11th. 10th of February? Yeah, Shepparton, go on to uh, nrfa.com.au. You can buy your tickets. You'll just have to scroll down the page like half an inch and you'll find a spot to buy your, your tickets there. Uh, we, be well do worth it, just have, we do have a big lineup. It's, um, yeah, as I say, I'm starting to get a bit nervous about um, being the Speaker of the House on the, on the, on the day. It's all right, mate. Well, um, Yogi can give you some coaching. He helped me out with it. So yeah. if I managed to get through it for the last two and a half years, two years of that, Yep. I'm in a team of trouble. I'm sure you'll be right, mate. Yeah. So, but but I am proud of the association and what they've done, and the the ability to get virtually every association in Australia into that room at Shepparton in February. So, yeah. I I just hope that the the politicians that are there can can listen to what the industry is trying to say. We're not poking this as as separate people. We're we're here combined to tell tell the politicians, you know, what we need. You know, mm. it's um, yeah, probably coming a bit of a cry for help. We just we we need this to be done. So it is a cry. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. We absolutely yeah. do need it so to be done. We're there. We're not uh-huh. arguing. We're just there, combined to say, please, just help. That's it. Help help us do the job that serves the country as a necessary industry. So so when you go to the supermarket to buy your your goods there that you've been heavily ripped off for, that, uh, at least... He's doing his best to try and get us sued, isn't he? Uh, at least... <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't want to be sued. If they want to come with a settlement for between 12 and $15 million, give your life. Um, <laughs> don't, don't matter. But... You know, as long as everyone understands that what 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 you pay for your goods in the supermarket 
you're not getting gouged because of transport. You're getting gouged because of the supermarket. It's because not of sharing. Yeah, it's not us. Correct. It's not us. Righto, guys. All right, boys. Thanks well, to boy. Queensland Rail for sponsoring our show once again, and we do appreciate their work. We want to have a little bit more talk about level crossings. I'm trying to get the lady from Western Australia uh, to talk with us. I'm hoping to have that happen for next Wednesday. Um, we'll talk about that. But yep. Thanks to Queensland you, Rail. Now you're trucking height. Yep. Now you're trucking height, damn it. Mm. And if you need to talk some compliance issues or where you need to be with that and getting some work done on your AV, triple combinations, blah, 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 talk to VDAC. Yes. They are, um, they they know everything, everything. Yeah. Oh, they do. Paul, Paul at VDAC, they'll help you where, through whatever you need to go through. So, anyway. I will. Uh, and just just before we sign off, I did get a sneak preview of the next cover of Truck and Life Boys. It's nice to see another different brand. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh dear, it's awesome, you, isn't it? Giving you too much. That should keep. Money. That should keep the naysayers happy. We're mixing it up with the covers oh, of Truck and Life. Not another key. Yeah, indeed. I find hard to believe that someone could say. All you do is put up Kenworth. When the first yeah. one was a Kenworth, the second one was a Ford. Second one was a Ford. Mm. Third, well, third one. Don't let the cat out of the bag. But the third one is a non-Kenworth. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I'm a sucker for an LTL, and it's not an LTL. So there you go. We've done that. All good. So, Mike, what? Signing off. If you can't, right. Hello, I'm Terry Daniel. Consumer prices have increased at their slowest pace in two years.